Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Breaking Down the Silo. This is a Mangum Talks podcast dedicated to breaking down each and every episode of the Apple Plus TV series Silo. I'm your host, Lee. I'm joined by my host, Spencer Spencer. How are you today? Uh, I think the word if I'm reaching for it is smug. Yeah, smug. Smug is how I am doing good? today. Feeling Dis- good? I wasn't 100% right across the board. There's a couple features I got wrong. But I got more right than I got wrong. But we're now going through the finale of this series, a finale of this season of the series. You got one real big thing right, and you, I, got, I got, you got that right early. And you should take a victory lap for that. That was a great call. I, I did. I, I think I got also partial on the subject of whether they were intentionally killing them. I just assumed it was they were pumping something in rather than the, no, the environment is just that utterly blasted out there, and whatever threat drove them underground still remains. So yeah, I think. Uh... I think that's what we're looking at. So I'm excited to talk episode 10. This is the finale of season one. It was a good episode. It was it was very solid. It had a good amount of tension, a good amount of build. I wasn't sure how our you know belo- equally beloved Juliet was going to survive the situation that she'd gotten inserted in. But they found a uh, they found a way to do it involving what we thought was previously just a MacGuffin of an item that would never matter whatsoever. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, all along, I, suge- I uh, suspected that there was something seriously wrong with the atmosphere because it never made sense to me. I mean, as, as many machinations as I went through and conspiracy theories, it's like, that's a lot of fucking effort to build the silo. And now now we know silos mm-hmm. to build all of those and like put people underground, create all of the, like, why would you do that if it was actually okay outside? Like that never made any sense to me. There had to be something wrong. It was just a question about whether that thing was still wrong or whether it had faded in the past and they just weren't able to adapt to that change. But I'm as always there with you that, no, the apocalypse happened. It doesn't make sense otherwise that they would have just even the resources committed to build this kind of thing. Spencer, we do not know when it will be safe to go outside. We just know <laughs> that day is not this day. We got Bernard reading The Last Rites to Juliet. Did tear up the first time I watched that. Didn't like it. I thought they were killing her. I mean, this show will kill. This show will fucking kill a character. They don't have any problem with that. I thought they were killing Juliet. And I marked it as being a negative about the show that they were killing off so many characters that they established in the first two episodes. But I will give them credit. It made the ending that much more tense of where this show has no issue killing off its main character. It's yeah. done so like twice already. Maybe three times. It will 100% do it. It did, doesn't look like they've done it yet with Juliet, but we will talk about it when we get there. So we will go through our recap like we do every week. We typically go about line by line through the episode. Uh, we do that so that we can break down each individual element of the dialogue, where the plot's going, what we're thinking, how we feel like the show is being constructed. Usually generates a lot of conversation. Then we'll jump to our segments where... I will award best line of the episode. Why? Because I and I alone am emperor of best line of the episode. However, Spencer every week gamely supplies me with nominees for the segment, which he shall do this week. I'm sure he's got four different computers where all of the different uh, lines and his notes are that he'll have to configure and move around when we get to that segment. Looking forward Tradition. to it. Tradition. And then we will award Silo Citizen of the Week. And dare I say, Spencer, I think we should award Silo Citizen of the Season too as well. I think we I'm ready for that. it. And then we will jump to theory times and speculation, which will probably be the most robust, most exciting theory times and speculation we have done all season. Why? Because now Spencer's caught up with where I am. He, we're uh, on the same page. We're on the same page. We haven't seen season two. Neither one of us have read the book, so we can speculate the fuck away about season two. We will just speculate our rear ends off as we go into season two, which, by the way, Spencer, actor strike. End fiend done. I fixed it. 
Are you happy? Yeah. The the connections that you just occasionally reveal that you have, that you can just in one fell swoop resolve the actor strike. (laughs) I did. I fixed it. And uh, now we have no more actor strike, which is really exciting because uh, season two of Silo can continue filming and we will get a season two before too long. So I'm excited about that. We'll keep the podcast rolling. And seasons of all the other shows that we are so excited to return that we were afraid might be years away in the future. So as we normally do when we end up, a sh- we wrap up a season of coverage, we uh, talk about what we're going to do next. Uh, I don't know what if Spencer and I really have a plan of what we're going to do next because we're running into the holiday season. We've had a really busy year on the Mangum Talks Podcast Network. We might be due for a little bit of a break, but whatever we do next, you will know about it on this podcast feed. Meaning mm-hmm. if you stay subscribed on this podcast feed, the next thing we will review, we will cross list here so that you know where we are, you know what we're reviewing, and you know what to go subscribe to. So just stay subscribed to Breaking Down the Silo, and then you will get uh, more information on what Spencer and I do next. It might be into the new year, might not, I'm not sure, but we will be back at some point to review more television with you. So Spencer, anything you want to talk about before we jump into episode 10? Any housekeeping items from Spencer this week? No, I don't think so. No. You, you don't have like... News about the social media strategy of Mangum Talks or the website or any of that stuff? No, I, I rely on people such as yourself <laughs> to handle such things and report back to me when I need to know. Spencer is the talent, as always. All right, let's jump into episode 10. It's called Outside. I didn't like that name. That was a really mm. daunting name. Did, did, did you going in, before you even started, assume Juliet was... Did, what, did you think Juliet would survive the season when you started this episode? I thought it was a 75% chance that she would die. I was about the same numbers. It was like, okay, she has been lucky to the point that they've acknowledged it in text, but there's a limit, and it seems like she's basically caught fully at this point. I thought she was done for. I thought she was going to die. But, um, you know, I did think there was a sliver that they'd figure something else out. or that Because I also know that the Silo series is three books. So I was a little confused. Like, are, do we just jump like a hundred years forward in book two? Like, you know, I'm trying to like figure out how that, how the story is told. seems like we continue the story with Juliet. So the, when I turned on this episode, I got an advertisement for a show called Buccaneers. Did you see that? I also got an advertisement for the show Buccaneers. Now we talked about on the podcast recently, how you and I both have a love for rom-coms. Did, did was there a part of you thinking I might check this Buccaneers out? This looks pretty good. <sighs> it it's took like a, a new minute. Dawson's Creek. I mean, We've talked before that the advertisements for the other shows that they've done with Silo haven't been necessarily great. No. I mean, they've been they've been hitting a particular Jen- oh, was the Jennifer Aniston vehicle that has just not been resonating with us. Morning show. Uh, so I, I kind of tuned out at the start, and then about halfway through, I kept on sort of looking at the screen, going, "Wait, what was this? What was the show they're now advertising? This oh, actually seems vaguely interesting." <laughs> yeah, no man. Maybe we should do like a rom com series at some point. That would be hilarious. Um, hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, Buccaneers, I might watch it. So the previous one, we get Alice and Holston. They want us to remember those two characters from episode one and two. Both getting ready to go outside with Mayor John's reading The Last Rice. George walking to, uh, talking to Allison about retrieving deleted files. Juliet talking to Holston about Allison's notes. Juliet saying Walker hasn't left her shop in 20 years. Hey, folks, if Mm. you didn't know Walker hasn't left her shop in 20 years, they want you to know hasn't left her shop in 20 years. Why on earth would that be coming up? It seems like a non sequitur. Bernard saying Juliet wants to go outside the video by Jules to George, or to Jules by George, uh, more on Allison Becker. Remember what she said when she asked to go out. It's green out there. And then we cut to Allison and she's yelling it. It's green out there. There's trees, blue skies. 
cut to Jane Carmody cleaning. That's the file that Juliet looked at when she was looking at the hard drive last episode. And Juliet saying the display is a lie. And then we could we cue counterpoint. The whole the whole show turns to Spencer in his living room, yelling, "The lie is a lie." <laughs> <laughs> Your, your lie may actually destroy the silo. Don't make Bernard right. The lie is a lie is a lie, damn it. You, you don't have a complete picture of what the actual lie you have found here is. So we start with Juliet saying, we're being lied to. Everybody has to see this. My guy Patrick is like, everybody who? And, and, and isn't that almost exactly what Rashida Jones's character said? Allison, yeah. Yeah, Allison back in the day. Didn't she almost say that word for word of everyone has to see this? She did, 100%. Everyone has to see this. Which is also, I think, what um, the sheriff said uh, when he was out and thought he saw paradise and thought he then had to clean because everyone had to see this. Yeah. It seems to be very much the default ingrained response to these people seeing a world outside that is not a blasted wreck. The IT guy, and I never picked up on his name. Do you know what the IT guy's name is? I think they maybe briefly said it in the last episode, but given that he's caught before this episode is over, I don't think we're going to see him again. I'm going to call him IT guy. Saying technically there's a way to get the video on every display, every monitor, but Patrick clearly hates this idea, as I would too. <laughs> now you want to break into IT. Juliet is talking about going to one of the IT stations that will help them put it on every display. She also tells Patrick he's coming with them. She accurately calls out that as good as the IT guy is, Bernard is better, and he'll be coming soon. So Patrick, you really can't stay here. Um, you just gotta go. Uh, good call, as it turns out, and he seems to perfectly acknowledge that in the point, and also hate that she's right. Got to them figuring out where the the drive is, uh, the unit. Uh, th- this is uh, when I say them. That is Bernard and Sims in the control room. The, the Royal Bernard. Uh, the unit is assigned to Patrick Kennedy. Sims calls out Raiders to twenty two. Uh, Sims tells Bernard that Juliet saved Patrick's life. Patrick is. And that and that's interesting, right? Because Bernard's like Patrick Kennedy. What does this have to do with Juliet? And Sims is like, all systems go. Every single raider on twenty two. And he turns to to Bernard. Is like <laughs> she saved his life. So the, to 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 Sims that connected. He's like she has to be there. Which is a, which is you know a, a good recall on Sims's part because Bernard's calling him out saying, "I told you to look for all of the friends. How how how, how was he on the list?" And Sims really clarifies, "He isn't." But there is a connection that explains this. I'm going to put my um, dark friends, my Sith, my uh, dark side of the force hat on for a second and say, all right, like, let's say if I really just wanted this silo to continue running the way that it has. Okay. And I think that Bernard is righteous in what he's doing. If I think that, I don't think Sims is the right guy for the job. No. He is so emotional. And like that that's one of the things that Bernard, why he succeeds in his role is he does cut emotion out of it. We see in this episode, and I honestly believe it's genuine, he likes Juliet. I believe that he likes her. And I don't think he takes any, when he says, I don't take any pleasure from this, I think he's telling the truth. Sims cannot control himself this episode. He loses his shit multiple times. Spencer, I don't think he'd be a good shadow. Final answer. I'm... A hundred percent there with you. I'm not sure Sims is perfectly qualified to the position he's in. (laughs) He seems like he's a guy that would be very good at implementing orders that other people are sending his way. Um, But in terms of like, you know, independent oversight or that kind of removing yourself from the situation and taking the Bernardi kind of view upon like the overarching picture and how what you're doing best fits into the overall goals of the silo. 
we haven't seen that Sims is perfectly capable of that, and I'm not convinced he is. <laughs> I'm laughing because, like, as people who listen to the podcast know, I, I do manage people for a living, and like, how the the number of times I've had this conversation that you just played out, which is promotion. I'm not sure you're qualified for the job you're in. <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah. that comes up when you when you manage people for well, a decade. On the other hand, though, like you said, I think to the degree to the degree we understand what Bernard's position is. Mm-hmm. For, I think I understand re- it. I, I think I do too, and I think I don't think he's being that dis- I don't think he's being dishonest in terms of how he's describing it to other people, and including particularly to Juliet. He seems the perfect guy for that position. It's like. He is hitting the notes that he needs to in, and is actually able to maintain that kind of, I don't know if impartial is the word, but, you know, disinterested kind of, you know, association with events that is legitimately hard to do. And he's talked about how hard that is to do. I think he does a great job um, for the role that he's in, right? Like you. Yes. I, I like, I'll let you behind the curtain. I don't think there should be this role. I don't think it should exist. I don't think the silo should run this way. But if the silo is going to run this way and this role is going to exist, Bernard is a person who's doing a fairly good job at the scope that he's been given. So Agreed. Um, Sims uh, tells Bernard that Juliet saved Patrick's life. Patrick is watching and he takes off. They go to the trash chute with shit still coming down. A red light's still on, Spencer. Can't go. Everybody knows this. Can't go in a trash chute with the red light still on. Yeah, there may be a, a weird tentacle monster at the bottom of it. You got to be really careful with these things. Common knowledge. They get inside and they wait. A raider walks by, does not look in the trash chute. Juliet tells them to go and they start descending. Uh, um, well, all the while, while Patrick Kennedy is still trying to get that damn watch from Juliet. Yeah, he does say, can I get the watch? <laughs> like three or four times. The guy's like, I'm basically going to my death. I want to have the damn watch before I die. She should have given him the watch. Uh, Sims yes. tells Bernard that she isn't there. Uh, Bernard is looking at all the monitors. Where is she? Hmm. He's just muttering to himself. Sims then gets a message that reads, During the search of Juliet Nichols' apartment, Deputy Paul Billings approached a requested entry. It was denied. Spencer, I need from you. I, I know I'm jumping ahead in the episode, but I just cannot wait. Mm-hmm. I need from you a final report card on our guy, Paul Billings. Because you and I have argued about this guy the entire season. You've thought he, you've you've oscillated between dumb. He's just dumb. He's a lackey. Uh, we even disagree on his basic experience for the job. We don't even have it nailed down what his actual <laughs> this experience is. True. is. We this disagree is on true. everything about Paul Billings. What is your final read on this guy? That he ultimately comes across as the most one of the more human characters on the show. He is flawed. He is trying to do the right thing. He doesn't always know what that is. He has conflicting loyalties. And it makes for a bundle of nerves of a person in a way that, for me, is eminently human and relatable. Uh, I like him. I don't think he's a hero. I think he would like to do the right thing, but he is consistently thwarted by that by all various forces pulling him in different directions. And he resonates well with me. I'm Team Juliet all the way, as are you. Everybody knows that. Mm. Uh, I would say that Paul Billings is a is an ally. Yeah. He's an ally to Juliet, but you just have to put that the, you have to put his alliance in context. There's so what? there's only so much you can rely on him for, but he is not a bad guy. We find out we get to see what happens to a lot of Juliet's allies this episode, and to what degree they're willing to sacrifice or do things to aid her or not. Fuck you, and Knox. I'm not as much fuck you, Knox. I'm fuck kind of with Walk. You, I'm kind Knox. Of, we'll get there, but I'm kind of in a Walk's camp that I don't think he had much of a choice. I'm out. 
I'm out on uh, Knox. But we get to see, he's an example. We get to see also, I, I'm blanking on his name, but the IT guy that she enjoyed looking at stars. Stargazer. We, we, Stargazer, we, yeah, dude. All, well we, known that we, that's his name. We get to see Walk. We get to see her best, her, be, her best friend from down in the down deep. We get to see Billings. We get to see countless individuals that have been her allies at various stages of the game, including Bernard, too, which is interesting to ponder as well. And how they now choose to act and what they're willing to do to either assist her or pull away from her or otherwise protect those around them now that Juliet has, as she always does on the show, push them to the breaking point. That That is well said, sir. If you are going to be Juliet's friend, which I would sign up to do, you've got to know the day is going to come where you're outside of your comfort zone. It might yeah. be day one. It might be five years in. It might be 15 years in, in the case of walk. But she's going to get you out of your comfort level at some point. I feel like with for every friend, you have like a gauge in your mind of to what degree, how likely is it with this friendship that I'm going to have to bury a body with this person in the future? You have to believe with Juliet going in that that person is going to be off the charts odds compared to everybody else. I feel like the the I might have to bury a body for Lee ratio. I think I I think I've changed your equation over the years. I'll bet you I bet you you thought <laughs> there, early on there has been a shift. <laughs> you thought early on I'm gonna have to bury multiple bodies with a fucking guy. Now you're probably like, well, he'll probably get me out of something at some point. This is 100% true. I've also, I, I think, I think happily we're in a friend group of where the odds of, <laughs> the odds of burying bodies has gone consistently down for basically all of us. Ba- basically all of us. Let's not exclude I'm everybody. emphasizing the basically. <laughs> for the majority. Uh, next to Sims, he's talking to Billings. This is all my fault. When I sent you home, I thought, oh, he's doing that thing that bosses do sometimes where it's like, um, like, like let's say Spencer, you, uh, you, you're going to make, I'm, I'm, I own a law firm. You're going to do a brief, right? You're going to make, mm-hmm. you're going to write a brief tonight and you give it to me. And I don't like it. And I go, hey, yeah, it's my fault. I just didn't train you well enough. I just didn't prepare you well enough. Among the most crushing things that a person can do is basically just say your failure is to a degree. I've got to put that on me right now. Oh, you know, some there are, but there are bosses. And I honestly think Sims might be one of them. He's not doing it here. Here is being manipulative, but he might be one of them uh, who think that that's like, a nice thing to say to an employee. It's not. <laughs> it really it isn't. Never is. <laughs> it really isn't. So he says, "When I sent you home, I thought it was clear. Uh, I expected you to stay there. Was I not clear about that?" And he goes, "No, you were." Uh, Sims calls out that he went to Nichols. You, you Billings, you went to Nichols' apartment. Why? He said, "I thought if I could find out why she wanted to go out, because remember, Billings was not there when Bernard made up the lie that Juliet said she wanted to go out. He thinks nope. she genuinely said that. So he's yep. like, hey." If I could figure out why she wants to go out, then I thought maybe I could find her. I could like sort of, you know what he's doing, Spencer? Bless him. He's doing the job of law enforcement. That's what he's doing. He's He's trying to. Yeah. He's basically being boxed out, but he's trying to do the job despite being deprived of key information. Sims asked him if he found anything that gave him insight. No. Did you find anything that might explain why she had you arrest me the other day? Or why you agreed to? See, this is the type of shit. This is the type of shit from Sims. He's he's being petty with Billings. How does this help? Like, if the goal of the Sims Bernard machine is to eliminate the threat of Juliet because she's destabilizing, how does this emotional reaction here to Paul Billings help that further that cause? How does that move the ball forward? And it's in the same category of how he's going to interact with Juliet later, as compared to how Bernard interacts with her. This guy has taken things personally in a way that he cannot walk away from. It's a real problem for him. 
Uh, yes. Billings just walks away. Well, and I, uh, I appreciate what, that Billings what, doesn't even answer the fucking question. He just walks away from him. It's an, I like that response, Billings. I think we do need to acknowledge, though, it's a perfectly human response from Sims right now that he's just almost uncontrollably pissed that his family was put under threat. But, as Bernard called out an episode ago, the fact that he can't almost remove himself from that degree of human response and still just look at the overall overall board despite that happening is something that pushes him out of the upper leadership of the silo from what we're hearing from Bernard. I mean, it, I mean, I guess, yeah, it is natural, uh, a human, whatever word you want to use, for him to be upset that Juliet went to his house and put a gun to his family or whatever. Like, yeah. of course. But I don't think we should say that in such a way to absolve Sims from, like... Well, yeah. responsibility here because he's Fair. in such a position that he should be over be able to override that emotional reaction from time to time i'm i'm disappointed that he's not able to do that here. again return returning to my earlier point i'm not sure he's perfectly qualified for his position yeah this is one of the things of where he was perfectly qualified to be the lead enforcer for the judge and that at the initial position we understood that he had was what he was qualified for and now we're finding out that he has, you know, a very different and very broader and much more independent authority kind of role in the silo in a way we've not seen him actually be, you know, capable of fulfilling. Yeah. So he slams a chair down. Uh, or no, actually, um, he says Billings walks away from him. Sims then yells, asking if he found anything about why Juliet went to his apartment, threatening to kill his wife and son. And I put in parentheses, I don't know about that. That might be a stretch. I'm not sure that she threatened to kill the son. Like, they, this is just, he, he's, I don't, he's going a little far with his explanation of what occurred here. I, other than, you know, you just in general interpreted by her actions that she had another person at knife and gunpoint, she specifically indicated she wasn't trying to kill or harm the wife. I don't even think she acknowledged that the son was ever there. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, part of this is like, I wonder if Sims is really believe if he's internalized that that's what happened because he's having an emotional reaction he's not thinking clearly or if this is marketing partly right like is it, you know Juliet did go into his apartment and held held his family hostage for a while so what he could do is just go around and say look she's a mad woman she she held a gun to my son's head and said I'll, you know what I'm saying like he could market this as a way to turn people against her in the silo I mean, it's something that uh it seems like it catches Billings off guard and as you said he doesn't actually he doesn't try to respond to it or have a response to it this is I don't think he predicted that Nichols would try to do that. So you and I had a different read on this conversation because you interpreted that because what happens is he slam Sim slams the chair down after saying that and Billings just kind of looks at him and gives him this like funky look and Sims puts the chair down and they kind of move on. I interpreted that as Billings judging Sims's emotional reaction. The Billings looking at Sims and going, hmm. He's lot like like disappointed in how he's acting there, I, and I think that's very possible. I think that I think it's also perfectly possible that that is also at the same place he's having just internal doubts about whether he's backing the right horse at any given moment, as Billings has been doing throughout the entire damn season. Yeah, that's that's probably true. He probably has multiple things going on there, but he does seem he does look at, at Sims like, dude, are you control yourself? A are bit. you serious right now? Yeah, he says, deputy, I can't help but notice your hands. <laughs> you're holding your right and your left. Why is that? Doesn't say anything. Can't let go of his hands and we get a cut away. So that, that, that feels, it feels to me like anyone who is interacting with Sims right now outside of his immediate family, if they, if they go down the road of your hands are shaking, 
it feels to me like they're in the last legs of an argument, that they're on their back foot. Like this is the sort of ace up the sleeve for any that anybody has when arguing with Billings about anything. And are we to interpret from this scene that Sims has known for a long damn time that Billings had the, the syndrome? He's just now bringing it up, as you said, to pull, to pull his ace out of the hole. Yes. And I think he, he also, it was probably kismet for him. It's just really fortunate for him that it looked like Billings was having an attack right then, right? Like right yeah. at that moment, he, he literally couldn't take his hands out of, you know, clutching each other. So he, it was particularly bad in that moment. Mm-hmm. So they get down. Uh, the IT guy, this is, uh, when I say they, I'm talking about Juliet and crew. They get down. Uh, the IT guy leads the way. He did us a few things. Um, we cut to, then we see a few things, right? We cut to Bernard watching the walls. He then plugs the drive in. Um, he asks, where, asks Bernard, in our hub. They cut to a camera and they see her. So we're getting a back and forth with Juliet and her crew who are at a hub where they're plugging the hard drive in. And they're trying to get this screen on this this image of the green lush background that spencer is so dubious of on Mm. everybody's screen throughout the silo and we're cutting back and forth with bernard who is trying to find them and with i'm curious of your interpretation here they say every screen in the silo there are not that many screens in the silo from what we've seen there's basically like one central screen on each floor that we know about and there's all the screens that are in the janitor's closet is this also talking about like individual computers? I didn't think it was maybe, go, maybe going that far. That was a question I had. I don't know. I assumed that it did because I think that I'm, I'm starting to question the efficacy of this move if all it does is flash in the cafeterias when it's not dinner time. That's what I wasn't sure about. Because all we see, we don't see anyone else's reaction in the silo. The only thing we directly see is it gets it on all the screens in the janitor's closet. And that's, that's all we specifically see happen. I'm I have to, to interpret assume, it's broader than that. I'm going to let's I think we can canonize. I think we can assume it went to people's computers too. Okay, fine enough. Cuz that's like the only way that this is like this matters, right? So it, 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 it's just a fun thing if we just don't know at this point what systems are connected to what systems or what things are locked out from each other. It her goal was to make it so everyone in the silo can see it. So the way to interpret that would be it made it to literally every screen. But previously, the only screens we've seen affected when they kind of do things like this, or even when it's accidental, are in the cafeterias. So we don't know. We're interpreting. Patrick then destroys the camera. Oh, shit. They're linking screens. Now, this is the guy, the IT guy who is talking to Bernard in front of the wall of monitors. He goes, they're linking screens. Just then, all of Bernard's screens, the wall of windows go down. Then the image of the outside, the green image, appears on all screens. And everyone's face in that room puts on the exact same expression to everyone else we've ever seen who has seen this image of, I'm going to refer to it as the outside world, still maintaining all the doubt I've previously offered. Yeah. They're all excited. They're, they're all enamored. They're all like looking like they've seen the face of God kind of thing in terms of responding to this. To which... Somewhat appropriately, Bernard basically just, you know, pulls out... Eventualize! Eventualize. Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, don't look at it, Marion, don't look at the light. This is is like, um, you know, 1840s London, uh, the the, the high lady, the the high muckety-muck has her dress stepped on in the street, it it falls Mm. off of her. Dear God! Avert your eyes, everyone, avert your eyes, look away. And like, everybody's like, (laughs) a bare ankle is exposed. People are pretending to, but they're not. Like, that's kind of what's going on here. Bernard is beside himself that this image 
has gotten out there. He's really upset. He sits down um, and he actually types in some things and he shuts everything down. He basically does an override. He shuts the whole system down. Everything goes offline. But what I thought was interesting is that when this thing popped up, he actually told Sims to look away too. He said, you too, Robert. He, he tells everybody to act like it's the Blair Witch and to cover their eyes and look in the corner. And, but yeah, the fact he told Sims too was interesting. Maybe if Sims had, Sims might not know. I don't think Sims knows. I, maybe if Sims had been in his shadow, he might know. But Sims has that kind of brief moment of where he's trying to maintain, like, look like he's more controlled than everybody else. But when he looks away too, there's a moment he looks legitimately baffled at what the hell is happening. Yeah, I don't think he's seen this image before, but I also think that He's not taking too long to sit and think about it. Yeah, not now. Maybe later. Yeah. So Bernard shuts the whole thing down. IT guy says, well, they shut everything down. Juliet then takes off a different way. And he asks Patrick. Patrick says, can I have the watch? And she's like, really? Seriously? It's like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was the terms of your deal, you contract-breaking bitch. Come on. Give him the watch. Good Lord. I can't believe you just referred to Juliet in such a derogatory manner on such a day. Patrick Kennedy saved her life. Gave her the means to do all this. All he wanted to was the watch, and he's never going to get the watch. On this is a such world a day, of, Spencer. It, it, it's it's unacceptable. The man is going to die without the watch he sacrificed his life for. Yeah, he probably is, or at least he'll be in the mines for twenty years with the Stargazer. So Bernard then says, in a very he put his he put his scary voice on. He was trying to be as scary as it could be. He says, "What you have just seen." You will unsee. Yeah, it's going to work. Bernard does not look well. Cut to the silo. Hustle and bustle about. Karen says she has two men in custody. Um, but, but both the IT guy and Patrick have been caught. Is exactly. the application, right? Yeah, I think they're caught. Yeah. Bernard says to Sims, she's smart. She's brave. She's not on 126 anymore. Bernard then accurately calls out that she's been using the trash chute. He actually pieces that together on his own, which shout out you- to Bernard for that. Do you think, how long would it have taken Sims to reach that same conclusion? Seven days? Eight? Nine? Ten? Uh, Twenty-four? It, yes. That, that is the answer to that question. You would have kept just individually searching each floor. And screaming at people and banging chairs on the wall and stuff and not thinking clearly. Um, so yeah, Bernard's able to figure that out. And Karen looks in and sees uh, Karen, who's a part of the judicial, I believe. Mm. Uh, sticks her head in the trash chute and sees Juliet. She's got eyes on her. Juliet tells her that she's going to knock her out of the chute and they start throwing heavy shit down there. She survives the first onslaught just barely. Sims then points out uh, to a very large piece of trash and says, make sure. So they start inching that toward the chute. Juliet looks up, sees what they're doing. She has to let go. She falls into the pit and someone, the people I think who were doing the first job that Juliet ever had in the down deep, which is like mm-hmm. pulling the trash out Sorting and scavenging are the people who save her life. Because as soon as she falls, they grab her, pull her and that damn microwave refrigerator, whatever the fuck it was falls and hits. I mean, seconds later in the same spot she was, which I think would have killed her. She would have been a smear when it came, if, that, if that thing had impacted her. But I, I enjoyed the, uh, the idea that the lowest of the low, the people that have been mocked as being like nothing more than just, you know, basically criminals that have been assigned to this purpose are the ones that pull her to safety here in this moment. Yeah. So that's exactly what happens. And she seems unconscious. And then we get the opening at 1130. 11 minutes into the 45 minutes episode. 45 minute episode. 1130 in, we get the opening. I, I again... I don't give the a fuck. show. The show never fails to reach a point of where I just forget that there's an opening. It's like we every episode we've now reached that where I just 
emotionally just like, okay, maybe there's not an opening this episode, and then it finally happens. Cut to Walk, who is tending Juliet's wounds. Shirley's in there along with Hank. In comes Knox, who says that Judicial is there. Who told him? Knox says, I did. Says that there is nowhere they could hide her. That Judicial would tear everything and everyone in the down deep apart. Everyone would pay the price. Juliet, or Shirley looks at him and says, you asshole. Juliet kind of sticks up for Knox a little bit. Says he's right. Then asks for a minute with Walk. All right. Let's talk about the Knox thing. You said you you don't have a problem with Knox. Give me well, the case. Well, let, let's just let's clarify one point to see whether we agree. Do you think that Knox is correct that Judicial would rip the uh, the the down deep apart in terms of searching and trying to get to Juliet? Yeah, probably. So we would agree then that there would be a substantial disruption. People would be hurt. Maybe other people would go to prison if the down deep chose to resist right now. It, to the degree they wouldn't even just deem that a full fledged revolt. My problem isn't that. Juliet was given up in some fashion. My problem is process. Knox just did this on his own. He didn't ask Juliet. He didn't. Well, they ask are him. out front. He didn't ask Walk. No, he called them. He said Juliet. He said they're oh, here. Right, 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 I called right, yes. them. Like I don't understand why he didn't make this more of a group decision. He just did it on his own. That's why I'm like, fuck that guy. Like as soon as it's he not said, a democracy. Yeah, but it, yeah, but okay. Well. The, I guess not, but like, I think it should be like, I don't, I don't think this is part of Knox's jobs responsibilities. Like he's just assuming the role of leader here. I don't understand why he wouldn't at least ask Juliet because like he had Juliet was his shadow. He has been locked up with her for 15 years and he just like, without saying a word to her. Yep. Judicial's here. I'm going to turn her over. Like, why not sit with her and go, all right, how do you want us to handle this? What do you want us to do? We've been talking about throughout the entire season the difficulties and the burdens of jobs. Knox did a Bernard here. His job is to run and maintain the down deep. His responsibility is to the people in the down deep. Sacrificing one person to make sure that everybody else is safe, to make sure the silo continues to run, to make sure their duties continue to be fulfilled. For him, it's clearly unpleasant. He clearly, you know, he shares a, a, a stare with Juliet there at the moment before he walks away that clearly indicates he doesn't like that he's had to do this. But from his perspective, that's his responsibility. He's being a Bernard here. Something that we've talked about is could be horrible and nightmarish in the moment, but he's trying to see and trying to act on the bigger picture and not let his own personal connections get in the way of that responsibility. And I understand that. It sucks. It is, you know, arguably you could say here doing the wrong thing when it comes to like the overall maybe good of the silo, but that's not the world that he's looking in. That's not how he measures his responsibilities. There's so many problems with it, though. Like the first is when you do like he's lucky that Juliet took it the way she did because she could have flipped out, gone out the back door, ran gotten angry i mean juliet's a, 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 a cornered snake like i, I don't I she's think, a powder keg i think not including her in the decision making process introduces a level of uncertainty that could exacerbate the situation and make things worse for the people in the down deep second like if anybody in the down deep catches wind that Knox sold her out like i'm not sure how stabilizing that's going to be for him for his department and for the silo writ large or the down deep in the silo writ large, if people figure out that like, in effect, their leader down there is the one that turned Juliet over without even asking her, without telling anybody just a unilateral decision. Like that seems particularly destabilizing to me. I just don't get why he wouldn't include other people in this decision in, I mean, except I I do understand like he didn't do it because he was scared. They were going to say, don't, don't do what you're going to do. 
Like that's, right. that's the reason he didn't go to them because he wanted to, he, he wanted to do this and he didn't want anybody to challenge him on it. So he just went and did it. I think that is definitely an element. I'd also throw on top what we saw happen to IT, IT astronomy guy that even having that moment of association, even if you then do the right and official thing, but if you take the effort to not do that first, to not immediately report it to authorities, to instead maintain that kind of human moment and, you know, try to get them onto the same page or try to help them in ways that, you know, try to do the right thing, even if it's not the duty of the silo, the repercussions for that can be severe. And for someone like Knox that is overarching all these other people, those repercussions could bleed down. So I don't, as much as that would be a human touch, we have, I think we have to note that a human touch in these kind of moments carries its own serious risks. Yeah. But I mean, I, I don't know that like they have, they don't, I don't think they have cameras in like Walk's apartment. Um, at least he I, I, don't, I don't know that he, he wouldn't have any, any reason to suspect that. And I, I, I keep going back to the idea that like him unilaterally doing this when Juliet is in effect, the hero of the down deep is, could be more destabilizing than than not, and I also think he has a, he has much more leverage in the silo than Stargazer does. I think we're talking about two different types of people here. Stargazer is like mid to entry level in his department in IT. He barely he, like the only thing he knows about Bernard is he got yelled at about toast one day. Knox runs the generator. Like it, there's a there's a little bit of a difference in in their leverage in that situation. I and and I think if you if the argument boils down to and then we can move on. If the argument boils down to Knox did it because Knox doesn't want to be, you know, in the mines for ten years. I get it, but that but I but I call him a coward. I get it. And some people are cowards, but he's being a coward. And I don't think he's being a coward here. I think he's doing what he thinks is the right thing to do. And I think we've seen out of him before that he's not a person that self-aggrandizes. He's a person that tries to motivate everybody of, we're going to do our job to help the silo as a group, as a unit, as what is our responsibility. And I think he sees what he's doing here as in the same category he was like willing to, you know, close the door and have Juliet killed if it made sure the generator was okay. I think he sees it as a unpleasant but necessary sacrifice, and I think he would market it to other people that way. I'm with you. The Juliet's a unique enough category of where this could lead to a full-fledged revolt or turning against him or viewing him as a stooge of the silo. But I think he still would do it, even knowing that people would respond that way to protect them in this moment. I think we're good, what we're going to see in season two is Knox will be ostracized from the down deep. Like we already saw, we saw a lot of implications that that was happening when Juliet was out quote cleaning she didn't clean but like in that whole process people wouldn't stand near him um i i will we, let's put a plug on that i think we've talked about it enough we, everybody knows where our positions are but i am interested to see what they do because if season two happens and Knox is still down there and everybody just kind of moves on and, and, and it's fine then I, I would probably lend a little bit closer to your argument that like it was a necessary thing people understood it but if people really dig in and go, you gave her up on your own. You chose to do that. Fuck you. And he gets ostracized or he loses his position or somehow is part of whatever rebellion is coming. Then, then I think, you know, maybe it's a different uh, argument. I'm also, another thing that maybe motivated me too, is that I'm kind of with him that any effort to hide Juliet would be utterly futile. And I'm, as I've gotten older, I've become less and less accommodating to just futile acts of sacrifice of where if anyone tried to hide her judicial would just mow them down and though down deep may be willing to do that what's the point if they're going to get her anyway see i think that type of logic um is antithetical to where this plot is going 
<laughs> because that's the sort of like the the Juliet when she gets into the the wall of of monitors and she just goes, "We never had a chance." And Bernard goes, "No." Like that that and that that you're the logic you just espoused is sort of the same idea, which is that the down deep has no chance against these people. They might as well just give up and roll over and just give them whatever they want. Mm-hmm. I think that if that if that is universally true, we have no show. So like I think <laughs> what the plot is going is that like these little acts of rebellion will swell and will will matter over time. Maybe not. Maybe maybe the show ends in season three with like Bernard being like, okay, I won. <laughs> But I don't think that's and, where we're going. And, it, and it, hey, you know, off possibility, Knox may be actually be in favor of that. He's just willing to make that be a slow burn rather than something that they all just die on. A hill they all die on here right now. Yeah. So it cuts to walk who, uh, yeah, she's tending the, the, the wounds and Juliet sticks up for Knox. Then we ask, he, she asks for a minute from walk. Walk, of course, impotent man that he is, can't get her a minute. He, he can't even do that. He's... Yeah, sure. Knox, I'll, I'll, go, yeah. I'll go try to uh, no walk. Uh, yeah, Knox. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she, Juliet asked for a minute with Walk. Knox, impotent that he is, goes out, tries to get her a minute, completely fails. Um, um, Shirley helps though. She starts a fight. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Is like, <laughs> I think that like when you're in such a wildly unjust society that like just like be like ah fuck it we have we do we have no we have no options we we can't do anything. It's like fuck that. Like that's not the that's not what we're doing here. So I like that Shirley fights back a little bit, but in any case, they don't get it. She doesn't get a minute. Uh, they aren't able to buy her a minute. So in comes Sims and Bernard, <laughs> and Sims is running hot. Shocker of what, the episode. What, what's Sims at on a scale of ten right now? He's at a uh, what? What is it? Um, we had a Spinal Tap took it to an eleven. This is an eleven. Yeah, he's at an eleven or a thirteen, something like that. He is very, very high, and to the point that he's not seeing clearly because he's yelling at Walk to leave and Juliet. This is why Juliet fucking rules. She just got caught. She's going to die. At least that's by any definition. Seems to be the the common knowledge. The bad guys have caught her. And the first thing she thinks to do is say, wait a second. You you can't tell walk to go outside. There's something you don't know. And she gives background to try to protect her friend. Mm -hmm. Juliet is the hero we all need. Um, So agreed. Sims is going to throw her out anyway, I think. But Bernard just says, go stand in the corner. You're good. Just don't, like, <laughs> he, he, he almost literally tells him to go stand in the corner. You need to calm down for a minute. You need your quiet time. Yeah, but he, he also like doesn't. He he overrides the Sim decision to, to kick Walk out of the apartment, yeah. which I thought was a nice touch from Bernard. Um, Sims looks at her and says, if we were alone right now, this would be going very differently. Question for Spencer. Let's take all the weapons away. Let's take all of the, I got a little CB radio. I can call my million Raiders in one-on-one fight. Juliet versus Sims. Who do you got? I'm sorry, man. I know you love your Juliet. I know that she is, you know, the apple of your eye. Sims would wipe the floor with her. This is a true Juliet. Juliet is scrappy. She's wiry. She's got some skills and determination. This is Sims job. Sims wins here. I think it's closer than Sim seems to think is my point here. I'm not saying that Juliet would beat this guy up, but for Sim seems to think that he's just going to beat her up like some six year old. And I'm, I'm like, bruh, like you, you're going to take a punch or two. And she, who knows? She might find like something to stab you with or like cut your windpipe off or something. Cause she is scrappy. He just takes, he's just not thinking clearly. He's just like, if, Oh, if everybody was gone, I'd just mow you down. It's like, Okay, well, maybe, but like Juliet's a person, and she has shown she's got some spunk. <laughs> Juliet, 
Juliet would have to use some tricks. She'd have to lull him into a false sense of security. In a straight-up fight, there'd be no chance, but Juliet wouldn't fight a straight-up fight. Fuck I'm no. still betting all my money on Sims, though, that Sims prevails in that fight. If you give me, like, four to one, I would bet Juliet, but I'd have to have some odds for sure. Yeah. Um, but he, he just says it so definitively that I was really put off by that. What, um, that, what, what amount of Sims this episode is bruised pride that he couldn't protect his family? Oh. Uh, 95? Yes! Yes! So this is much. machismo in action right now. This is literally, I could kick your ass right now. It's that, a that's very what he's male... I'm sorry to like put it this way. Like, I'm sorry if I'm offending somebody, but like in my experience, it's a very male thing to do. To be like, oh, sure. you, you've threatened my kid. Like, I'm going to beat you up. We just had that today in the United States Senate. Did you see that? Yes. A, 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 it's a unbelievable. Congress a, said he was going to beat up a labor organizer. Oklahoma said he was going to beat up a Teamsters president on the floor, on the, in a committee floor. And Bernie Sanders had to stop it. Like, this is the type of hyper-masculine shit that we do see from men sometimes. It makes no sense. Like, everything about the, like, that whole interaction was strange. Like, I, I, I put it into, like, the like, let's talk about the 1v1. But it's also, like, the same question I talked about last scene, which is, if your goal is to protect the silo, through ending the uncertainty that is, that is Juliet, just the complete unknown that is Juliet, how is he advancing the ball here? Uh, he is. That's yeah. not his motivation right here. His family was hurt. His family was threatened. He's responding with that Bernard himself has acknowledged is perfectly to be expected in evening. But it's just further demonstrating that he's just not fit to run this ship. Yeah, she says, I wouldn't have hurt your family. He says, my son keeps asking if the scary lady is coming back. Well, how many families ask the same about you? Oof, duh. And he's, uh, he, that, that was such a good line that he just descended into screaming and he just started yelling. What? He basically just threatened her. Do? Like, do, do, do you know what I do? It's like, you know, I'm just, you know, you're, you're, you're talking to me like that. I kill people. I hurt people. You're going to say that to me. It's like, yeah, that's the point. That's, 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 that's what exactly she just said. What you she do. Made, yeah. That, you, yeah. So thank you for just reiterating it right now. You proved the point, you dope. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah, he just starts screaming. You know what I do? And Bernard pulls him back, tells him, wait, wait outside. Go outside. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I've had enough with you. Bernard pulls um, out the hard drive when he's alone with Juliet and says that if she did what she wanted to do, she would have killed everyone in the silo. Huh. I don't. Th- We're huh. going to debate this at the end. He may not be wrong. He may not be wrong. There's all kinds of problems with where he's coming from with respect to this, but purely just throwing that information out there, yeah, that might actually cause some problems. Well, yeah, because people would want to open the door, and if they open the door, they would die. See, this is I just have like such a fundamental problem with like Bernard's logic. It, it's like it's a I've self-fulfilling given, prophecy I've at given, a certain point. I've given you imperfect information. That I'm, I'm not willing to give you perfect information. And you've come to an erroneous conclusion because of that imperfect information. And now I have to punish you for that erroneous conclusion. It, it, it's what in the, the category fuck? of yeah, Bernard caused the problem in the game. Juliet's now making a move that will cause even more problems. But the foundational reason for it is the underlying problem in the game that Bernard's presiding over. Yeah, it's such a strange, but, weird logic. But uh, it, she says it, it, it's strange, weird logic, but purely just focused on what effect Juliet's actions may have. I think it's I don't think he could just straight up say he's wrong. I think he might actually be right. Well, I mean, with a million caveats, right? Because sure. like he also like if if Juliet succeeded, everybody saw that and everybody wanted to go outside. He still has the option to raise his hand and say, oh, by the way, that is a lie. We put that on people's screen so that they'll clean like we do that so that people will 
go up and clean. And then we can tell this story about how in people's final moments, they realize how important society is and how they supported us all along, et cetera, et cetera. And we get the win. Like he could tell, he could be honest and stop it. So he I, always has the escape lever. Uh, yes. But the founders have declared by Fred. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Billings will let us know. He, he probably has the text book and verse. Mm, yes. People can handle the truth, she said. I wish I shared your optimism. <laughs> I feel like this is a fundamental divide that you and I often have before. I'm often more in the camp of, now. I don't think people actually can handle the truth, and you're more in the camp of, yeah, they'll work it out. Yeah, people figure it out. I've, I've been saying this about the silo the whole time. I think, every, I think every bit of, I've not learned one bit of information that I think these people can't handle. Like, I, it, none of it has, has been like, oh, yeah, you better hold that from them or they'll riot. It doesn't make any sense to me. You know what, you know what I am worried about? is if it gets out that Juliet did not say she wanted to go outside. that That's part of the reason that Bernard, in this conversation he has right here, really tries to put the kibosh on that one. Uh, so I have a proposal, a deal for you, in order to prevent rebellion. Sir. This is after he goes Gallagher on the on the hard drive. Severed judicial repercussions for your friends down deep. So make sure, like, I don't want to make sure that's really a real problem for your friends down deep. I need you to stop saying you didn't ask to go outside and wave mm-hmm. your right to a judicial hearing. She looks over at Walk, mm-hmm. just sort of nods, and then agrees. And th- this is kind of, this ties into some of the things we were talking about for Knox earlier, where he is pretty explicitly saying, you do this or there will be communal repercussions. Could Knox hear this conversation, do you think? No. Well, I would hope he couldn't. I would hope Sims would keep them far enough away from the door that they wouldn't be able to hear this. Oh, no, no, no. Walk. Walk, I mean. Walk can hear this. Yeah, so Walk knows she didn't ask to go outside. Yeah. See, Fair. that's the that's the, that's the the dangerous part here, is that I, I feel like if there wasn't that thread that Walk heard this conversation and knew that Juliet didn't ask to go outside, then I think when Juliet goes outside, I think that it, it ends it. I don't think there's what? any chance it ever gets out. But like, there's a chance Walk's going to tell everybody in season two. If we're being hyper-technical, he doesn't literally say she didn't ask. What he says is, I need you to stop saying stop saying you didn't. Yeah. You're, but you're Walk's going to interpret that accurately as Juliet would not just, you know, reverse her mind on this. Juliet, Juliet's being railroaded. Yeah, I think I think you're right. You're, you're absolutely right in how he, he phrased it. And that's probably how he felt like he was getting away with it. But I just think Walk will be able to be Walk that knows together. Juliet. Yeah. Tell me what happened to George. If you cooperate, I can do better than that. I can show and, you, basically. And he fully fulfills that promise. Could Juliet be in perp walk through the silo? Walk in the silo. Walk in the green silo. Walk in the silo. She looks down. Sees a dent in the grate in front of one of the fences on the first level. So this is where George fell. Cut Shirley and walk. Would you have perp walked her? I don't think I would have. I think that's called. I think I, I think that's generating more publicity than actually you necessarily kind of want here. I think that Bernard has too much confidence sometimes. That's his. That's his downfall. But where Sims's downfall is, he runs hot. I think Bernard's comp, downfall is that he has too much confidence sometimes. I think he thinks that this display of strength will scare everybody into submission. Like, look at look at what we've done. We've cowed your 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 hero here. Mm-hmm. But as we know from history, that does not always work. <laughs> you do, do not give your victim a platform. It just invites for, you know, further public involvement. Making a martyr is a real quick way to have people agree around an opposing idea. And as you've often said, the people of the silo are deprived of theater. You are making this a spectacle. You are making her a story that will be carried on for generations to come because they have no other legends. They have no other mythos. 
I think it was a real good point to point out. I'm glad you did that. Like that, th- I think this is a real bad move from Bernard. And I think we're going to see the, some real serious repercussions from this next season, because think, look at how many, they, they pain to show us how many people came out to see her it's as filled. she walked. And like, we see people smiling at her and giving her like reassuring looks, a like kid smiling at her. Like these people support her. And this was a, this was a, to make a martyr of her. And then also to put yourself so firmly on the other side of her. Like, you know, you've really made it a us versus Juliet thing. But That's a terrible the, idea. Made all the more complete of when their ultimate goal of her dying like everybody else isn't fulfilled. Now she is like, you know, a legendary religious figure that she somehow walked free where all others have died. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. So Maybe could, she shall someday return kind of category. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we get Juliet reborn from the ashes. Cut to Shirley and walk. Shirley is saying she wished she had talked to Juliet out of going after the heat tape. She seems to think that's what had them chasing her. Walk scoffs at that. and Maybe the line of the episode. I'm sure they have a long list of things she did that pissed them off. <laughs> Fair. Right about that. We, we've seen eight episodes of that. Surely. Uh, says she's going to go back to mechanical and give Knox more of the silent treatment. Me and you both, girl. Me and you both. Fuck that uh, guy. Uh, walks again. Spitzer, Walk Spitzer again. will hang out with you. Walk. A person that you respect. A person that everybody respects. A person who offers, you know, perspective on things. Again, speaks up for Knox. But Lee don't care. Lee don't give a shit. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, so I think you're like, <laughs> like with any great Spencer point, you're right, but you might be overstating it. Like, cause I'm not sure how, what the fuck do you mean by that? I'm not sure how strong that like walk is here. I think she's more like, ah, give him a pass. Like he did what he thought he thought was right. I'm not sure that walk is hundred percent behind Knox's decision, but she's not for freezing him. Well, out. That's certainly the, true. The, they both, I think speak absolute truth here. Just coming from a completely different perspective where walk says Knox had no choice. And what she, and she means what we've previously talked about in terms of what what we had what he saw as having no choice given his other responsibilities. To which Shirley responds, "He had a choice. We all had a choice," which is literally true. It's just you know, Knox and Walk might say, "But what were the options really, and what were the repercussions?" Yeah, I mean, I think that like part of my why I feel so strongly about this is that like the context of the situation is so important to me. Like you, we're not dealing with just. This is a sort of small deal and judicial will come down super heavy on us if we don't like this is a real big deal. What's happening with certainly this is like likely going to spark a rebellion number two in the society. I think I I don't I don't know. I've seen as much as you've seen, but that's what I think. I think she's their leader. She's their martyr. And he he put himself so firmly on the other side of that. He's like, "Ah, yeah, you know what? It's it's it. it, it, I don't want to have I don't want to inconvenience to down deep here with this thing. So I'm just going to turn her over. I feel like that it was a decision made devoid of context. Mm. But anyway, I guess I hit that too hard. Uh, so Shirley says, you know, you know, had no choice. We had no choice. Um, uh, she leaves walk there alone. Walker grabs some of the tape. Do you know what she was thinking when she grabbed the tape? No, I still wasn't certain what the heat tape was for. Still, I still, what well, until they started wrapping up Juliet later, I didn't, that was the final moment I finally got what the purpose of the damn heat tape was. It was so perfect to me that the super, super important tape, the most important tape in the world, um, <laughs> ends up being the thing that fucks what, what, Bernard. 
What, the, the heat <laughs> tape that she stole, despite the fact it proved to be useless heat tape, the fact it was useless, that revealed everything. Yeah, it was fantastic. That's the thing that ends up fucking Bernard in the end. Um, as mad, you know, as mad as he was about that thing. So, uh, cut to Juliet. Walk in the silo. Walk in the silo. We've already decided. What's one thing Spencer and I agree on this episode, if anything, is that they shouldn't have perp walked Juliet. Um, Juliet is looking at everyone who's come to see her. Kid smiles at her. Cut to, to Walk, who comes to the doorway. Oh, man. I was cheering here. Mm-hmm. Have you ever known somebody who was a shut-in like this? Have you ever, ever no. actually known somebody personally? I've known people that were cripplingly shy. I mean, I I operated in that camp to varying degrees over the years, but never somebody that that was actually just like afraid of the outdoors. Man, is that changed? You'll tell a guy to fuck himself now. You'll you'll go full Knox and just turn people over. You don't give a fuck anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's still the same category, (laughs) really. (laughs) Uh, I, I actually have known somebody like this who couldn't leave the house. Really? Yeah, and like... Yeah, I mean, this is like uh, maybe more heroic than anything Juliet does, and I, and I mean, I'm I'm as, I'm not saying that to diminish Juliet's accomplishments or what she's she's done this season, but like for somebody to have this level of crippling agoraphobia, like I cannot leave the house, mm-hmm. and to do it, and to do it to help someone else, and to like walk up like heroic. eighty floors of stairs too to get where she needs to go, and then to be in the middle of a fucking group of people an unstable group of people yep. during juliet's execution it's like she this is a wildly heroic thing i think it was a, absolutely it was a huge I, thing. I, and i love the lines that she says to herself as she's going to do this come on you old fool you're all she's got and then later you're not gonna die it just feels like it yeah. she's going through hell right now to make this work out of love walker what are you doing this is what Shirley or uh this is what hank asked her yeah. she says getting some air she keeps going, and then that that part was super realistic because, like, she she her level of anxiety now is uh, as high as Sims's Sims's well, anger when he was talking to fucking Juliet earlier. She can't. She she probably can't even slow things down enough to have a real conversation with Hank. She's just it's just one foot for the other, and that's the only thing she can concentrate on. If you were Hank, would you have gone with her, or that, or that, would you have been worried that would have made things even worse for her? I don't. Considering how strongly we disagree about the the Knox thing, I I, I struggle to bring this up because I don't <laughs> I don't want to create more ill will. Go on. But I think Hank is a fucking coward. This episode too. I've got big problems with it. Hank is done. You, you want everyone to have just lined up for suicide right there. Just get you know, all of them just leaping off the silo for the sake of Julia. I want somebody to have some fucking backbone. Yeah, walk, I do. Walk. You got walk. Be happy for walk here. I certainly am. Yeah, I, there's a lot of things I think Hank should have done. This is absolutely one of them. I think he should have walked with her or walked 10 feet behind her. But don't just let her like roll past you. Like, what? Walker hadn't left her house in 20 years. You know that. You're the beat You're the beat cop there. You know, you're, 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 you're working mm-hmm. the corners. He should walk with her. I agree. Um, so Walker then gets to a door. Someone named Carla opens the door. Question. Is this the same person she was in love with that we saw the picture of? I hadn't thought about that. Maybe they certainly know each other. I mean, that person, that person was black. The person in the, in the, in the um, picture. And I'm going to go back and look Carla's at that picture. Black. I don't know. So like, I, th- I think this might be the implication is that she's gone to her old love, which even like they're really driving home the sacrifice for walk. Right. Yeah. She even, she goes to her old, her exes that she hasn't talked to in 20 something years or whatever to get, cause their ex works in supply. And that's the only way this is going to work is to have somebody on the inside and supply mm-hmm. goes and bro. I mean, like 
Spencer, you you are you're you're a romantic at heart. You're, you're one 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 woman man, right? Like you've been dating the same person, right? Like your whole fourteen years life, now. Right? Yeah, you haven't. You don't. You didn't have a serious relationship before that, right? Yeah, I did. And let me tell you something. <laughs> the idea. <laughs> The idea of going back to like somebody you had a serious relationship sure. and busted up, they haven't spoken to in twenty years, is fucking miserable. It's like being skinned alive. That seems terrible <laughs> to do. Add to the list of things that Walk is willing to sacrifice oh. and risk and struggle through for the sake of someone she cares about. They are fucking driving that home. But anyway, I mean, I think that Carla deals with that pretty well, right? I think Carla's really friendly to her. And you know it could have gone yeah. sideways. It could have gone really bad. What, if, I, if I'm right that this is this is her old flame, do you think Carl also knows about Walk and is just surprised to see her here as anything else? Yes, because of the way that they interact each other with each other. I never I expected to see you up here again. That makes two of us. I'm straight there with you. Straight there with you. Yeah, she says. Uh, so she says, "What's that have to do with Nichols? It's about that fucking heat tape." She says that stunt brought the judicial down, and the head of IT asshole, the one who became mayor. Why do they care? So the head of IT asshole, the one who became mayor. How little people know. Yeah, he's the he's the man. Yeah, the just a bit. Yes. Why do they care so much? Your tape is way better than theirs. Look at that line. Your tape is way better than theirs. Walks Interesting. In. She does. It doesn't. I I know. It doesn't make any sense. Unless it does. So, Spencer, explain, talk talk us through. Talk us through what's going on here with the tape and what we see later okay. with Juliet's uh, soup. Explain I'm gonna, to us. I'm going to interpret this as best as I can. Of where you and I have debated what the hell heat tape is for the entire damn time. Why it's useful, why it matters. Now we get to see that heat tape is used as basically some form of like sealant when it comes to these suits. That you wrap it around various joints, everything else, and it provides a degree of seal to prevent presumably the outside environment from getting in and whatever dangerous thing exists that when it comes when, when it comes with that. Presumably, it's also used in various similar ways down in engineering or in IT for the purpose of also you know connecting things or sealing in yeah you know preventing the outside environment from getting into particular particular electronics or particular mechanics whatever else. It appears that IT. Bernard, whatever else, have been intentionally developing shit heat tape to wrap up the suits for the purpose of people who go out there that die. they they will die. The outside environment will get in and they will drop and they will die. That is part of the plan. The heat tape they have is seemingly for that purpose. Whether it's also used for other purposes, who can say, but it is seemingly built with that purpose in mind of when they use it to wrap up the suits... It does a shit job, and it's mostly just for the purpose of appearances so that the person drops on cue when they need them to to complete the image and the warnings of the founders. The heat tape that they have, on the other hand, built down in engineering actually works for its intended purposes. Putting two and two together, Walk, maybe because Juliet gave her a few hints or also just because maybe she's a very you know smart person, realizes that they need to get some proper engineering heat tape up to the top level so that they can actually wrap Juliet's suit as they need to and offer her a greater chance at survival. Yep. Well done. That's exactly what my read was, is that they were... Bernard was partially so upset that the hate to tape got stolen because... The mystery's out. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't want people to know that the, the tape sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and that explains everything we saw with Allison and with the sheriff that the 
the outside, which is really toxic. This is real. For, for some reason. Was getting into the suit. And that's why when the sheriff took his, his helmet off, he died like seconds later. Like he, he didn't last very long at all after he took his helmet off. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's the whole situation with the tape. That's why. That's why. It, it, great. Just a fantastic line from her. It's like, it doesn't make any sense unless it does. Cut to Juliet. Walk in the silo. Walk in the silo. Walk in the silo. Bernard tells them to stop. Bernard tells him to stop, unlock her, and leave her. Seems to surprise Juliet a little bit. She says, if you tell anyone what you see here, we'll have to bring them in. I, uh, this is a trope I actually really like. I really enjoy the trope of villains that keep their promises. I like that. I like a villain that has a certain degree of lawfulness about them and a certain degree of honor about them. And Bernard, though he is willing to be misleading as shit, he usually is, sticks to the deals that he sets from what we've seen previously. And he aims to fulfill the exact terms of what he agreed upon with Juliet here. Yep. That's that's well put. That's exactly right. And that's what he does. And they take her to the supply closet. What is this? What are we doing here? Mr. Sims. Mr. Sims hit a button and they go into a wall of monitors. They all turn around. Look at her when she walks in. Bernard. I realize it's a breach of our protocols. He's talking to the people who man the man the stations here. But I'm making an exception for the sheriff before she cleans. Juliet looks around. Pull the surveillance for George Wilkin on the stairs, and like that, they do. And she says, we never had a chance. This is this potential line of the episode, because she just looks at the wall of monitors and mutters to herself, we never had a chance. And Bernard says, yeah. no. No, you didn't. And I fundamentally disagree that she never had a chance. They never had a chance. And I think that that will bear out in season two and three. I, I, I feel very comfortable with my my stance that the the citizens of the silo do stand a chance but i understand why it, she thinks that in that moment i certainly it, do how the war that she intended to fight is not one that they could win that is i think true there's a war that they can win it's just going to mean a lot more sacrifice and a lot more hope a lot less hope for subterfuge than otherwise they could depend on they're just going to need a lot less Noxes out there being like, yeah, you know, I just don't want to ruffle any feathers. Yeah, just a don't. lot more Shirley's that are willing to run straight into machine gun fire. <laughs> That's exactly what they need. Yeah, they need about 9,000 of those. 9,000 Shirley's, and I think they'll be okay. And I think they're going to get I, it, but I, we'll see. This is actually this is actually a world of where they may actually be able to count on them running out of bullets if they're willing to waste enough bodies to make it happen. That's a good point. They may not have that many bullets. Uh, they they may not they may have absolutely no mechanism to control ten thousand people if they all decide to act as one. Yeah. Um, she's watching George's last moments. He stops. He asks for water. Bernard narrates it. Says that they believe he deliberately stopped. Same in front as of a she camera. did too, actually. And I yeah and and I believe that he deliberately stopped in front of a camera because in his yes. last moments he looks right at it. Um, George headbutts the guy. He gets on the rail. George tells the guys escorting him that if he takes another step, George will be very stupid. I'll be very stupid soon. The guy from Judicial's name is Doug. Doug asks him if he what he wants, and George confirms that Doug was asked to bring him in alive. You, they told you to bring me in alive, right? So somebody could torture me until I give up the hard drive of the people I worked with? No, 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 they just want to talk to you. Uh, you're a good liar. Oh, well, George looks at the camera, crosses his arms to his chest in a universal sign of I love you. That, that, hand to, that the hands to the chest and, the, and the, the, the soft look in the face is the universal love sign and falls backward to his death. Which we've now, I don't know, at this point, triple subverted George the character and whatever and every Juliet motivation with respect to him of where 
There was the first issue on the subject of whether we actually loved her and whether he was manipulating her, and he was manipulating her. But then it came out afterwards in a subversion of that that he actually did come develop feelings for her and did care about her and did love her, despite the fact that his original motivations were to manipulate her. And now it's thrown into the mix that she went about this because she was always certain that he didn't, you know, that he was murdered, that he had to have been killed, that this had to be plain and obvious murder. And now we're subverting that too, that... In the end, no, they didn't kill him. He committed suicide. And why did he do so? One might argue as an act of love, or at least an act of protecting those that he loved. Or one could take a cynical view of that and say that if um, George was taken in and they were able to get all kinds of confessions out of him, run him through the ringer, kill his any character he has publicly, do a marketing campaign against him, that his his death or exile or life of permanent work, whatever he's sentenced to, would serve no greater purpose in his quest, right? But if he kills mm-hmm. himself, that could be the spark to get Juliet to do something. And that's exactly how it happened. Again, the subversions that they've wrapped into this character have been expertly well done. Yeah, I kind of think that, like, I, I kind of buy... uncertainties. I sort of buy into the last is that, like, he he was thinking... Well, if I if I if I martyr here, if I just kill myself, that that yeah, that's going to jar Juliet so much that she's going to start looking into some of this stuff. I don't know, maybe so. It, it worked. If, a, that, if, if that was the intent, it succeeded in spades. Yeah, he well, he manipulated her from jump. You know, as much as she, I know, she, I know she thinks she loves him. I don't think a long term relationship with George was in the cards because I think he he manipulated her at every step well, of the I, way. Eventually, it would have come out, and she would have just knifed him before She'd further conversation yeah. could have occurred. Yeah, she'd have killed him. She'd have given him the Sims treatment, what I was envisioning she'd do to Sims before you disabused <laughs> me of that notion. Yeah, hey, hey, we're, we're taking bets. She, she, she could totally do to George what you're assuming she might be able to do to Sims. <laughs> you don't think George is as much of a, a stout opponent as Sims? If we're, if we're doing a tier <laughs> system, he has got to be on a lower rung. <laughs> Does Common scare you when he yells like that? A bit. Just a bit. Yeah. He is pretty intimidated, isn't he? He's, I've he's, also he's, seen him in John Wick. I know what the man can do. He's fantastic for the role, that's for sure. You did you did comment on his running the other episode. He's a good runner. He's an athlete. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> he falls over. George kills himself, right? Julia starts crying, turns around. He's trying to hold it in, but she's continuing to cry. And I think that, being the Juliet whisperer that I am, of that course, yes. she would have been able to hold this crying in if everything else wasn't happening like she's already stretched thin and then she sees his last moment so she actually actually can't hold it in at this point so cut to them fitting juliet for the suit the suit to go out what 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 is that they're wrapping her in my friend looks to be tape now the tape we saw we saw the journey of the tape we saw it get taken from a shelf or somewhere in supply and put into like a carrying case and then they there's like a tape holder there's a tape there's a guy whose job in the silo is you take the tape and you bring it to the room he carries the tape. i've had less meaningful jobs than that oh fucking yeah me too uh so he takes it the tape gets there and then we see the wrapping and i think we're meant to believe or at least suspect that the tape that walk brought up with her is the tape that actually made its way to Juliet's soup. soup. Yes. And that is the real good down deep mechanical tape. And uh, isn't it fan? Isn't it fantastic? Like just, I mean, it's a little on the nose, but isn't it fantastic that like the we'll do it ourself nature of the down deep, the we'll fix it ourself attitude, which is what they took with the tape is the thing that saves Juliet's life. Yeah, it's a nice touch. It's it's it, it is a philosophical touch that I like for the show right there. It's pretty good. Uh, 
I, 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 I have another question to follow. Uh, who brought the best me- last meal to Juliet? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. It's got to be her dad, right? It's got to be Pete. Gotta be George uh, Sir George Mormont because that looked like uh, a that looked like a, a one sheet bake like a casserole or a that, tagine or something. And you know, you know my love of casseroles, sir. I was looking at that and I was drooling right there. I was I'm, I'm waiting for the I'm waiting for the show to release its own cookbook so I can find out how to make that thing. How do you feel about tagine? I don't know if I've ever literally had tagine before. Yeah, so I, I like it from pictures. Very similar to like a casserole type thing, except that there's often like a sweet element to it. They'll mm-hmm. put like prunes or dates or raisins or something to cook with the meat. It's very Middle Eastern. Um, yeah. Fan fucking tastic, dude. Next time we're together, I got to make you a tagine. I think you'd love I, it. I am down. And clearly, Juliet is very down with this to the point. I, I like this moment where she's trying to have a, a very close moment with her dad. That's good. But the, the food is so good, she feels to be to mention it in the last conversation to laugh with each other. Yeah, which we, we we do get there. Right before that, we have Bernard and the wall of monitors with Sims. And how are we doing today? Everything's pretty calm. Has it been this quiet since Holston walked? <laughs> and this is where we get the line from Bernard. He says, Rob, I was rash when I said I was worried about you being my shadow. I was a little rash with that. Tomorrow when Nichols is out on the hill, when she's dead... We'll have another discussion, okay? Now, think of the wording here. We'll have another discussion. Yeah, he's not giving him the job. Did Obviously you, Did not. you see how Sims nodded to that? I don't think Sims thought he was giving him the job either. He looked, no. he looked skeptical. And it, and, and it is a thing that, like, I loathe. I just loathe in organizations where the, the, the carrot, the carrot for people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah you'll, get, you'll get that office yeah, it's, in the corner. It's just a little bit farther away yeah, forever. You'll get the company car soon. You'll get the expense account just soon. Just one more hill. Just, just one, one more little thing, and then we'll talk. Then we'll have a talk. Then we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll like he's never giving Sims. Here are the definite things you have to do to get where you want to go. That's kind of what you want from from a supervisor, I, right? Give me the definite things I've got to do to get where I want to go. I think we're. I think I think we've got reason to believe that this has been the nature of how this has been dangled in front of Sims yes. for Sims' entire career. Yeah, I completely agree, and I, and I think I, Sims is from his expression at the end. I think Sims is starting to read this and is getting tired of it. And you know, it's got to be bullshit if I'm I'm sticking up for Sims. I mean, you know, it's got to be bad because I hate I don't like this Sims guy, but, but like I you, think he's being wronged here. This is this is a level of bullshit. This was the guy that was that was betting on Juliet, betting on Juliet over Sims. This is very obviously unfair for Sims. If this is the stance he's taken now, cut to Juliet in a cell. In comes her father, who has brought her some food. Fantastic fucking food. Juliet's like, I have yes. no appetite. Takes one bite. Says, fantastic. I like it. Hey, question. <laughs> he says, remember what we said when you were little? At least one bite. At least one bite. So here's my understanding of the situation is that when Juliet was a kid and wasn't hungry or didn't like something or didn't want to eat something, they had a rule at the table. You had to eat at least one bite. Did you have a similar rule in your family where like food gets put in front of you when you were like six or something and you there was a rule about how much or how little you had to eat? There was no rule about how much. There was always an encouragement of, you know, you should try this just to see whether you would like it or not. But they, they, they were never ones to force you to eat. They'd be like, okay, well, if you don't want to eat something, that's that, that's fine. So but, in my family, it was three bites. That was the Three rule. bites. You had to do three bites of whatever was put in front of you. And we all took different tacks. I mean, my, my I had a cousin who would convince themselves that they liked it after the first bite. So this would, this would be our um, Stockholm Syndrome. Yes. You know, that would say, oh, yeah, now I like cabbage. This is fantastic. Let me only have two and seven. <laughs> Fine. Bites. Yeah. Yep. Let's Boiled cabbage. Best in the world. Right there. Uh, you had another member of my family who would um, 
talk about it being so disgusting that they would they would quote throw up. I'm putting throw up in quotes. It would be like a yes. very weak throw up, but like that would the, the throw up would be enough to get the family to stop it. Um, and then you had me that did the small bite philosophy, or I'm mixing. I'm doing a lot of mixing. So if you're putting uh, peas yes. on my plate and I don't like peas. Around the plate. <laughs> I'm going to have peas, macaroni, cheese, and mashed potatoes at the same time to ensure that that one bite of pea is not so bad, right? Okay, so you, so you would make soup of your plate. You would all the ingredients mixed together into some kind that? of... Soup? You're ta- no. taking a variety of ingredients and mixing them together into a singular whole. I mean, look at this. You're making every bite the same. It would be soup if I would just pour really bland tasting water right on top of it. <laughs> and and then so he did. So that was my family. The three bites thing. All the kids deployed different strategies to I, get around it. No, none were none were perfect. No, no perfect I, strategy with that. I would say there was, there was there was a fundamental rule though of where this is dinner. If you don't want to eat this, that's fine. But you can't just now have dessert. Ooh, that probably got you, right? Because you wanted the dessert. I, I was willing to walk a long road to get to those tasty treats. Were you allowed, if you didn't eat much at dinner, to go into the kitchen at like, I don't know, nine o'clock later and get some more food? Yeah. Okay. They, 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 weren't, they weren't trying to starve me, but at the same time, they wouldn't, want, they wouldn't let me just go straight to dessert. I don't know what this says about my family, but I was, I was forbidden. If I didn't eat dinner, I couldn't go get any more food. Now you were you were done till the morning. It's like 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 I was in like I don't know like a fantasy epic or something. If I didn't eat at the end that night, there's no more food in the fridge. But it's it's one thing I would I wouldn't fall into any of those three camps of where if I said I didn't like something, they believed me because I just didn't like that. And they, uh, it was just, see, you you fucked the whole thing up because you were a good kid and your parents liked you. See, I lied all the time. <laughs> I fucking lied all the time. So my parents had no idea what to expect. I, mean, if I say I didn't like something. It's like, who, who the fuck knows why he's saying that? Because I've even called upon you guys now to make dishes that they were just established. I just didn't like those. Like the ranch casserole that we all made like separately with each other. Remember that? Oh, yeah. The ranch casserole. Yeah. Th- that was a dish I just didn't like. And they just knew that. Is that that just didn't work for me. So there was an element of trust that helped, that helped the entire thing. Kind of like, uh, did you like? Kind of like if you, I don't know, had like an apple pie, put like a slice of cheddar cheese on top of it, something like that. I think they knew enough that that would just not even make it into the same room as me from an early age. But somehow it has since occurred. Spencer would go to bed crying. You've ruined my apple pie. It, it did um, lead to all these. When you made me do that, it did lead to all these wonderful stories. But my parents saying, "Oh yeah, that my 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 mom, my dad loved that. That was the only way they would eat apple pie back in the day." I totally had Spencer try apple pie with a slice of cheddar cheese on it. Spencer thought I was lying, that that wasn't a real thing. Uh, he, he's since learned that it is a thing, but he has maintained, in his very, very wonderful Spencer fashion, which he'll give a little bit of ground, but he's not going to give the hill. He says, yes, that is a thing, but it still sucks. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I acknowledge people have done this to themselves before in the world. <laughs> I have no desire. <laughs> I have no desire to repeat their sins, their mistakes furthering them into the future done them to themselves that was fantastic yeah all right so that was the three bites thing julia had the one bite thing uh, juliet fired back mom used to make this it probably jogged a memory right food can do that for you dad says i'm sorry I, she says dad i'm sorry i blamed you for everything um her dad pete says they should have talked about it a long time ago i agree with that he then says um why did you ask to go outside was it something i could have done oh heart juliet Juliet, look at this. Maybe similar to a Knox kind of thing. 
having made a deal and concerned about the repercussions if she backs away from that right now to those she loves and cares about, doesn't tell him. So uh, that's interesting that you had that read on that because no, he she doesn't she doesn't tell him. I, I think that she is worried that they're watching and listening. There'd be repercussions, plainly. right? But I also got the impression that she gave as strong a hint to him as possible that she, as she could, that she didn't. Cause she, she goes, no, I didn't. And then she looks at the camera very obviously looks at him and then changes the subject. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't, maybe am I giving Pete too much credit? I felt like maybe he could read between the lines there. I mean, we've, we've, we have viewed it as implied before that he knows more about the security apparatus and the cameras than the average person. So maybe that is enough of a trigger for him to be able to read to read what's going on yeah i don't know i, I like to hope it is uh, i put that in my 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 aspire to canon so uh not bad for an old guy huh? he's talking about his food she nods he looks at her uh, i think he can tell something is up back uh to a shot of the it department bring him in bernard barks an income stargazer oh lucas boy if all the all the girls and all the gin joints in all the world you have picked the wrong <laughs> one my friend yeah, and Ooh. there's nobody to help him flee to free French territory right now. He's just screwed. He's fucked. And, and it, I won't go through this one that, that deep, but it he does say a couple things here that are very interesting. He says, you'll not get your... Stargazer's like, look, man, I helped you. I sold Juliet out. And, and this is a... I have to cop to your point that my my idea of what Knox should have done, a very strict reading here of the of a comparison to what's going on with Stargazer, is that even if you... Don't help. You made this point, right? But I'm just reiterating it that even if you don't help, even if you help, but you just don't do it right away, you could still get in a lot of trouble. And that's what happens to Stargazer here because basically Bernard says, Yeah, but you didn't help me right away. So I'm going to, I'm going to send you to the mines. But what I posit For 10 to years. You, but what I posit to you is that that is not why Bernard sent him away. Bernard sent him away. And he, here is the paragraph that explains why he really sent him away. Go on. You will, go, you will go to the mine 10 years, which is a shame because you have so much natural talent, so much intellectual curiosity to mm. sit in the cafeteria night after night, watching the lights in the sky. You'll see no lights in the mines, but maybe 10 years of hauling iron ore will set you straight. See, he's not saying 10 years of hauling iron ore will set you straight. You'll never fall in love with a, a absolutely wonderful, perfect person again uh, <laughs> who will lead you, who will lead you into criminality. He's saying mm. maybe it will teach you not to be so fucking curious. Okay, here's the thing. The official grounds for the punishment and the message to the world is you didn't, you know, do your utmost to help us with in terms of suppressing rebel elements in the style. The subtext is we also just don't like people like you and we want to remove you from the overall equation because curiosity is our ultimate enemy here. Right. But I just wonder if he he wasn't if he didn't have such a problem with Lucas's character with how he thinks if this punishment would have been handed out at all. I think he would have been punished regardless, but the severity and purposely removing him from organized society has elements of, no, you represent character traits we're trying to eliminate. Yeah, and Bernard goes on to talk about it later how, when he's talking to Juliet about how, like, you're, the problem is that you were born curious, and that's the problem. So You you weren't supposed to ever be born! <laughs> oof, yeah, cut away. Cut to the them bringing the sensor wool to make the outfit for her, and we see them packaging the wool into a box. Um, cut to... Uh, Shirley, who is with Juliet, she says she's not hungry. Mm-hmm. Walk if you, if says if you walk, and this is Shirley gives the, her the look, the like the the uh, hostage video look. That's what that's yeah. what Shirley is giving her. It says walk says if you eat, and she made her voice weird too when she did it. Walk says if you eat them all, maybe you won't fit into the suit. 
she said you should take the whole box for luck <laughs> finally juliet gets it says yeah yeah okay all right so she takes it right what was the message she's actually conveying here walk said you should take the whole box she's what she's conveying is that there's something in the box for you you need to you need to take this and read the look all through it oh sorry yeah, I, for, I forgot about the message that's in the box sorry i understand that yeah um Juliet says, yeah, yeah. So she takes it and Juliet tells her it's okay. And smiles question for Spencer. Is that the first time she smiled in eight episodes? I didn't recognize her. No, it's not the first that we've seen her smile with some other moments. They're not many it, in flashbacks with George, but man, that when she, she, and I know it was a fake one, but when she threw that big smile on her face, I was like, I don't recognize this person. She, that is strange. She, she briefly smiled at uh, IT astronomy guy. In spite of herself, when they're having their little flirting banter, right? But it, yeah, I don't know. You certainly don't see it often with this character. Juliet yes. cries a little after that. She then goes to the corner of her cell, looks in behind the hush puppies, and it's a note. The note says, "You wanted the truth. The truth is, I love you. Have no fear. They're good in supply." So let's break it down. You wanted the truth. The truth is, I love you. I think that's a that's a callback to Juliet talking about yeah. the truth with Walker and Walker actually telling Juliet how she really feels about her, which is that she's grown to love her over these 15 years of like mentorship that she's had with Juliet. Yeah. The second part of this have no fear. They're good in supply. This is, I think a lot of confidence on Walk's part because walk has, has she's so confident that she's pieced out this situation with the suit that she's saying, don't worry about going outside because in supply, they've got the good tape now and you're good. And do you think Juliet gets and understands exactly what she's talking about with all no, that? No, not right away. I don't with think you. so. I think she <laughs> gets it there. later when she repeats it, but I don't think she gets it right away. Yeah. Um, cuts at Billings. His wife comes in and she says she's got the baby down. Billings tells Cat, his wife, that there is something he has to tell her. Sims knows I have the syndrome. So what does that mean? You're fired? Do we have to move? We don't have to move. I'm not fired. I'll say this. I don't... I, I Maybe this is unrealistic. Tell me Tell me if I'm being an asshole. Can you give me... Can I do an asshole test with you? I, you can always count on me to tell you bring an asshole. Yeah, go on. I you're being an asshole. Go on. Sorry. Go on. Oh, shit. <laughs> he took one breath. You're being an asshole. You're still, your heart's still beating. Uh, yeah. So I don't love that Kat's first reaction to this is what does it mean for me? Yeah. I don't love yeah. that. Like, I we, understand we, we've that been getting a read on the character in that regard. I understand that that's a real concern for you when you've hitched your wagon to somebody. Like, of course. But, like, can your first reaction not be, do I have to move? Like, uh, what? What uniform is uh, Billings wearing, by the way? This is, a, this is some kind of white dress uniform I've not seen on him before. Yeah, I don't think they get... I think the lady who gave out the uniforms gave Juliet the shit one. <laughs> <laughs> just checking which tracks i think because this does look like a nicer outfit i don't know i just have not got a good re- yeah i've not liked this character cat I, I think that was a bad reaction to my lifelong secret which i just just an episode or two ago told you was so important to me i would like rip people's faces off is now out in the open with my supervisor what? she's not concerned about you him mean, in this moment a loving and caring partner i mean i don't want to generalize but just saying in this moment if like Bridget, I love my life. If, if she says, you know, the deepest, darkest secret of my life was revealed to the world. If I'm not immediately going forward to giving her a hug and just telling her I'm really sorry, let's talk about that. How are you doing? Before I get anywhere near about, are you fired? Do we have to move? 
I don't know how far down the list that that would be, but it would be a minute before I'm just expressing good, honest, you know, honest to God care for another person right now. Yeah, it'd be real far down my list too. Like I, I like if something like, like that happened to my wife. Like I'd be like, I would. First off, I'd be like, where is Sims? Can I take his knees out? Can I kill this guy? Like I'm not betting on you against Sims, man. Just saying it right now. Let's figure out a way to take this fucker down. Like I would be like scheming. But I certainly wouldn't be like, I have to move. I don't know. I just didn't like it. Um, so he says, we don't have to move. I'm not fired. The mayor and judicial are going to grant me an exemption. Cat is happy about this. And it doesn't look like Billings is very happy. And I'll tell you, I don't think he should be. Because I think that this, we're granting you an exception, is just another means to control him. They, they own me now. And I don't think, he's not only not happy with that, he seems increasingly less happy in their relationship in terms of how she's responding and how she doesn't seem to be understanding him with respect to this. Well, no, because like he, he now is in a situation where he has got to be judicial's puppet. And he, feels, block, and, barrel. and he feels pressure to continue it because he can't lose his job because his wife has given him all this pressure about like, I don't want to move and I don't want, you know, to mess up the income or whatever. See, that's the yeah. thing is that when you put pressure on your spouse, like, I like the standard of living you're providing me with this job and I, I'm I'm going to be really unhappy if you don't continue that standard of living. You trap that person in whatever fucking job they're in. Like they yeah. feel like they can't leave because they feel like they're going to leave the love of their life or whatever. Like that's, that's fucked. Like don't do that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's just my opinion. I, I hope to see Billings leave this woman in the next season, but that might, might that might be a reach. <laughs> We will see. Cut to Juliet and in comes Billings. He opens the door and Bernard is there. Do you mind giving us a few minutes? Bernard actually calls him sheriff and Billings doesn't like that. I love that little touch. Just a stickler for the rules he is. I, I love they all just acknowledge it thereafter about, yep, that's just Billings. Yeah. Um, he'll make it. And then Juliet says he'll make a great sheriff. Probably should have been from the beginning. Bernard says, do you regret taking the job? She shocks me here and says, not at all. I thought I thought she'd hesitate there for a second. But he says, you know, you could still be down a mechanical tinkering with the generator. I want you to know that I take no pleasure from this, any of it. And, and I think she s- believes him enough that she actually indulges the conversation. And I'm with both you and Juliet. I believe him that I, I think he actually likes Juliet. He would have preferred if she could have just been remarkably competent in aiding the silo down a mechanical and never have to reach this moment. I think he's always liked her. I think he gets a kick out of her. And I think he really respects her fire. Her moxie. Yeah, he really likes that about her. But, you know, he she is on the other side of this, right? She's on the other side of the ball and, and she's the enemy. And I think one of the things that demonstrate that is he continues with the conversation, too. And I think he I think he's honest when he says that. But she says, you know, well, quit. And he says, well, I think about that at least once a day. And then he puts back on his mask and says, but I don't want to go into that right now. I don't, I don't want to, what's it? I don't want to burden you with my troubles. I think that was, he was having a bit of a, you know, a, a, a oddest moment with another person right there in a way that he really probably doesn't have with anybody. Probably. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. And she says, you want, I don't, by the way, put it, put the, Spencer, you, I know you got a lot of expendable income. Put it on this bet right now. This is a mm-hmm. lock, sir. Lock of mm-hmm. the century. Mm-hmm. This is not the last time Bernard and Juliet will talk. 100%. 100%. They will talk again in season two. Different circumstances, but they will talk again. They will speak again. I am sure to, of fucking that. To the degree that they were able to keep Tim Robbins's contract going between seasons. Oh, they got him. They got him locked in. He's the star of this show. He's doing great. I hope so. Um, so... 
she said, he tells her, your trouble started at conception. Your parents weren't supposed to have children, but accidents happen. Whew, duh, you weren't supposed Good to be Lord. alive. And you, you simply being born is a, is a, is a tear in the, in the pattern, Spencer. It's what? a, it's the, the wheel. The, it's a mistake of the wheel and the wheel has to correct it. Did the mistake happen twice? Cause she had a younger brother. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess it did. Interesting. So sending me, maybe, maybe the dad that, you know, the dad was the, the, the I, th- baby this doctor. The maybe the dad actually worked it out. Like maybe she wasn't supposed to have kids, but Pete knew the bullshit that they do because of his job. And he was able to somehow fix it. So they had kids. I, I was almost expecting Bernard to say that out loud. Cause I thought that was the straight implication here is that, Oh shit, Pete's been gaming the system. I think that's what happened. Yeah. So sitting me outside, that's your way to put things right. Hardly every human life has value. You've been a great service to the side but once you became sheriff, you started to look into Wilkins' death. You became a mortal threat to our survival. She says, you know, this place needs the death of George, Marnes, Johns, the Sheriff, his wife. And I don't know if you caught this, but as she's going down the list, he's wincing. Like she's, yeah. It's like she's it, hitting him. It hurts him. There's something very wrong with this silo. And you know what? I don't want to be a great service anymore. And you know what, Spencer? I don't think she will be of, of service to the silo in the way that Bernard defines <laughs> that anymore. Not, not at all. They will know to the degree they were still even on the same list of how we were deciding silo citizen. They are now forever on opposite ends and never will, never will be a subject of the same consideration. Yep. And she says, he go. He, then he tries to explain it. Diametrically opposed. He tries to explain this. He says, you know what? You're an engineer. You watch the gauges day and night. And the pressure got too high. Pressure got too low. You made adjustments. I knew exactly where he was going, right? He says, if mm-hmm. you didn't, boom. Well, I'm an engineer too, but instead of a generator... Keep the silo running safely. When Allison Becker and George Wilkins open that hard drive, man, he really has granular detail into everything that's occurred here. Like that's to, for him to know that Allison and George together were opening the hard drive like that. Yep. God damn. He was watching everything. Unless adjustments were made, it was just a matter of time before everything went boom. And she asked about her mom. Was my mom one of the adjustments? And he says that was her choice. And that's interesting because that catches her off guard too. She's almost, she, she almost like she had a got you there. And Bernard's is like, nope, she doesn't even fall in the same category. Nope, she did that. Juliet shakes her head. It's just, see, that's the thing though. It's like if you have an unjust society that has perpetrated injustice upon an individual repeatedly and put them in a position where they uh, are depressed, unhappy, you know, not 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 able to live a happy life because of the unjust society that you've created. And then they kill themselves. You don't, you you have some culpability Bernard, right? Like, yeah, of course yeah. she, she hundred percent her feet jumped over the top, but like you, you, you were guiding the pattern here. Did, all did you all kinds watch... of wheel of time references in this motherfucker. Right? All time. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make a different reference right now. Did you, did you watch Firefly? And did you watch Serenity and all Absolutely. that? Absolutely. He's the operator. He's the operator from the Serenity movie. He's doing what he feels is necessary to make for a better society, but openly acknowledges that he's the villain in terms of doing that. He does sort of acknowledge that he's the bad guy. He kind of wears that black hat, right? Yeah, and he doesn't like it, but he thinks it's imminently necessary. She says, but you know, the display... This is Juliet talking. She says, but you know, the display is a lie. So why don't you just tell people that it's okay to go outside? And he goes, hmm... It, founders left know? us many mysteries it's time we both dress for the occasion congratulations by the way you've attracted the largest crowd we've ever had for a cleaning how complete is bernard's knowledge here he knows he knows he, he knows kno- the display's a lie he knows the display's a lie he seems to know that the outside world what the outside world actually looks like 
I, I'm, I don't know what where Bernard's knowledge ends. It seems like he actually does have the complete picture. He's just not at liberty to tell anybody. He, I think he does because when he, when Juliet, when he suspects that Juliet knows that the display is a lie, and I'm talking about the he display on the screen, he turns it off for her. Yeah, and I think he does that. To compel her to do exactly what she did, which is get out of the screen, get out of the yeah. sight. Because at that point, he knows she's not dying. You know, something has gone wrong with the suit because she's survived longer than she should. So he's just trying to get her to move away from the screen. And mm-hmm. he succeeds in that. Yep. Yeah. She's got a she got a crowd even larger than Holston's. Can you believe that? I, I would be scared of that if I were Bernard and I was, I was Sims. Do you think Juliet obsesses about her crowd size? Maybe, uh, maybe like lies about it, takes some pictures and like pretends that the crowd's bigger than it really was? I, I don't know. We'll have to see whether she does a, a speech at some kind of like a Capitol building at some point in the future. Yeah, something like that. Out in front of the, the out in front of the judicial building, just banging on it. To, I, I the biggest <laughs> crowd ever. Holston. No, the ca- cafeteria. Definitely the cafeteria. <laughs> have to be the cafeteria for her. That's her happy place. Juliet just looks up at her uh, at him and says, "I will not clean." Bernard's like, "Yeah, nobody intends to, but they always do." At this point, I think Bernard is overconfident that Juliet is going to fall for the display because, yeah. and, and he has good reason to, because she, she clearly in this conversation with him still thinks that the, the faux display, the, the, the green and the happy and the birds that never move those things. She thinks that's real. Cause that's what she's telling him to show everybody. It, so he's relatively confident that when she gets out there, she's, she's going to see that fake display and she's going to believe it. And she, he already knows that she hacked their entire system so that everyone would see what the real world was like. Quote, unquote, real world. Juliet looks at him, just shakes her head. Bernard then says, your last request is granted. Hands her something. It's a sheriff's badge that says truth on it. So that's what her last yep. request was to give. Okay, I have the sheriff's badge. And I think she was planning to do this the whole time. I think she was taking that badge back to Holston's body. I don't think she intended to live much past that. But yeah, I think she saw that as her final act. Yep, she was going to do that. And that is, I Spencer, have I mentioned how much I like her? I, not not recently enough. I really She's think you've been kind of like... fantastic. What, in yeah. a, what a selfless, awesome last thing to do is to go take his badge to his body. Yeah, fucking that's... She's great. And um, I, it's, it's interesting, too. I think he approved the last request knowing exactly what she intended here, too. I think so, too. Yeah, I think Bernard knew what she was going to do. So Bernard leaves, calling Billings deputy this time. Uh, mm. They come in with a suit. Cut to Bernard, who is looking at the hard drive. Um... He gets a disc out of it. So the, I don't think the hard drive's dead. I think there was a, a disc in there that he's retrieved. So basically like the, the memory unit for the device. He, he smacked something, but it was like, you know, the outside cover. Exactly. I think he still got it. So cut to the cafeteria and people come in really solemn. Knox comes in. He's persona non grata. Surely won't, won't stand next to him. And he eventually moves away to kind of go sit sort of by himself next to another guy. Uh, we see them take the tape out of the special carrying case and they tape her up. This is another prediction I have for season two. I guess we'll get we'll get into more of this in spoilers, but I'll go ahead and say it now since I started the thought. Uh, I think I think Knox will not be a part of whatever rebellion happens. I think he's out. I think he's. I think this is a a break in the line for him. Now I could totally see the we'll narrative. See. I could totally see the narrative going the other way. Right? I'm just predicting something. They very easily could have him like people come back to him and say, "Yeah, you did what you had to do," and he have like a redemptive moment with Juliet. Of course, that could happen. I'm just guessing. Or he actually reveals, yeah, we've been putting a plan in motion for a revolt for a long damn time. We even referenced a little time, you know, a few episodes back that, you know, Knox was even saying that, you know, it would eventually be us against the rest of the world, the world of the silo. 
I just didn't want to jump the gun too damn early on something we weren't prepared for. I could also see them going that route as I'll, well. I'll raise my hand on this podcast and tell you I'm wrong if that happens. That that he that because if he if he's truly has like a mechanism to fight this system that's in place that he's going to leverage that this put in jeopardy, then I get it. Then I totally get it. Um, I get but it. I, I don't. Need, I don't know. Needs in the mini. We'll see. We shall see. Cuts the cafeteria. People coming in. Uh, oh, already got that part. So. Uh, we get some real focusing on the tape. They're really driving that home. Wrap around. And then they all part as Walt comes into the cafeteria. They kind of see parts for her. And she is struggling, but she is there. And she's mm-hmm. my hero of the episode, Walker. Bernard then comes in, reads her her last rites. We've heard this speech before. We heard Mayor John say it. I think so. I think Mayor John has a much, much cooler accent than Bernard. But Bernard does read it nonetheless. <laughs> Bernard does better with this than he did with the last speech we saw him do. You know what I liked about how Mayor John said it is that when she would say this line, she would say, but you cannot be forced into cleaning. Once outside the airlock, you were outside the law. She would say it like this, but you cannot be forced into cleaning. Once outside the airlock, you are outside the law. You remember when she would do that? She had a, <laughs> she had like a, a certain little, twang little, to little it. Yeah. Way of saying the law part. Yeah. Anyway, Bernard, Bernard goes through this whole thing and she says, Juliet, any, Juliet Nichols, do you have any last words? And she says, I am not afraid. What do you think of those last words? Powerful. Powerful. And it, it, it only adds more to the visage of where that those words are transmitted. Those words are going to be recorded in the annals to a woman who ultimately is going to walk beyond the hill in a way that has never come before. Yeah, I don't think she has any idea what's coming. She thinks she's just going to die. But it, it actually sets up perfectly for her what her character means, what, what she means to the silo later this is the perfect line for that i think she just doesn't know what's going to happen later um they put the hat on her and then we get the sequence of juliet walking out um and i'm just cheering walker walker here because i have a sense of what's going on with the tape uh juliet gets the blast of air or whatever and the door opens she walks outside cuts the cafeteria they all see her walking outside juliet sees the green the birds the trees those birds that spencer has called out of bullshit on many occasions the fake birds same v it's the birds that convinced Juliet that, oh, shit, I've seen those birds recently. They really shouldn't have put any birds in the sky. That was a big mistake. Too big of a detail. She looks at it. She's breathing. And her breathing is kind of heavy, right? We cut to her memory of looking at the display. And she says, the display is a lie. So she turns around. She walks over to the camera. She looks at it. She holds the wool up to it and drops it. Did you think she was going to clean? No, I did not drop. I wasn't expecting the drop mic effect. I was not. I didn't think she was going to clean. Ever. I, I, I was actually surprised she put the wool up to the camera. But then as, as soon as she dropped it, I was like, yeah, it's a very Juliet thing to taunt him. Um, Walker smiles at that. Loves that she didn't clean. Although there's a groan, audible groan in the cafeteria. So I think there are some First people, time it's ever happened, some right? people like, oh, gosh, what does that mean? And Juliet uh, stares down the camera as she takes off. Sim says, what do we do? And he says it won't be much longer. She'll be done before she reaches the tree. Back to Juliet. She trips. And I think that that's where Barnard thinks, okay, she's she's done for. But it's actually but, but it's on something that she didn't see, and that tells her that what she's seen is bullshit. And it's one of the bodies that she trips she trips on, right? Yeah. She trips on a body, but she doesn't see it. She it yep. just looks down. She's like that I tripped on nothing there. This is bullshit. And Bernard thinks she's dying, says right on schedule. Juliet then gets up and keeps walking. She touches the ground. Her hand goes right through it. Bernard then says, she knows. And that is real trouble for him. Mm-hmm. Juliet then takes the badge out, puts it on the sheriff's body. So she does do that last thing. And she stands up. Bernard leaves. He, he just takes off running. 
How do you think Tim is Tim Robbins a good runner? Is he on Commons level? He does okay. He's an old man, but he he, he gets down there. He does okay. He seems to me like a guy who has run in the past. Um, Knox stands up Fair to watch her. He like no, Knox is invested. He stands up to watch what's going on. Juliet looks around. She sees the tape, and she says they're good in supply. She keeps so that's when I think she figures it out. Where she goes, I'm not dead yet because they're good in supply. I think that she started to piece all that together. So she keeps walking. The crowd doesn't know what to think about this. She keeps walking. She looks over a hill. It's more green. Cut back to Bernard, who is running, running. He uses one of the 18, the 18 keychains. He uses that to turn some sort of key, and then that cuts her display within her, her, uh, uh, mask basically or her helmet and her her bodysuit and then she sees what is really out there and then cue spencer's victory lap because he was right about this all along mm-hmm. that was wrong and what she sees is a bleak desolate landscape i think some buildings in the back it does look like it, the buildings from like old skyscrapers like an old city are in the back she turns to see where she walked from juliet is is looking at all of this as she walks over the hill no one knows what to think sims is clearly perturbed her breathing gets heavier and heavier i think she's going to fall out but she doesn't why because they're good in supply because then down deep damn it they make tape that works we see a pan out shot of her as she goes over the hill we see more and more and more circles little circles just like the one she came from the indication is there's there is hundreds if not thousands of these things littered all over this surface it looks like it goes on forever and we see a de- city in the background probably atlanta probably atlanta it always is atlanta and there you go end of episode powerful ending effective ending it's did a, you see the did a, you see the multiple silos coming that's the thing no. that got me nope did not see the idea that they just, they are they are stacked like russian nesting dolls that would surprise me it, 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 we'll get to the theories eventually, but it, it raises some interesting thoughts for me about where that giant iron door now leads to. Exactly. I think they all, I think that they put in when they designed these, these things, I think they, yeah, exactly. We'll talk about it later. I think they're meant to be interconnected in a way that for some reason has just not gone in that direction anymore. All right, let's do our segment so we can get the theory time. Cause that's what I'm most excited about. Uh, Best line of the episode. Do you have? Yeah, I'm ready for me. Do I need to? Do I, need I to actually have on the? I have on the same computer this time for the first time in a while. Ooh, Spencer, professional. Uh, early line. We're being lied to. Everyone has to see this. It's. I, I like that. That's just the recurrent thing that everybody says the moment they see the image of the outside world. Everyone that fake has image. to see this. Yeah. Uh, from Sims. Uh, if we were alone, this would have gone very differently. This would be going very differently right now. I wouldn't have hurt men, Julia responded. I wouldn't have hurt your family. And Sims, my son keeps asking if a scary lady is coming back. Juliet, well, how many families do you think ask the same about you? To which Sims just starts sputtering. It's an effective inter- exchange between the two characters. Um, it's between Bernard and Juliet. Uh, if you've been able, if you've been able to do what you wanted to, you would have killed everyone in the silo. Juliet, people can handle the truth. Bernard, I wish I shared your optimism. It's a fundamental divide between the two characters that they'll never they'll never cross. It's just very different philosophies and to what degree the average person can take these things and respond in any rational way to them. Uh, from Walk, it's a powerful moment, but her just chanting to herself, come on, you old fool, you're all she's got. You're not going to die. It just feels like it. And then responding to Hank, you know, Walker, what are, you, what are you doing? Getting some air. 
she was powerful right, moment though, for right? the character. She was right. That wasn't self-aggrandizing. That she was the linchpin. Juliet would have died without her. That was all she had. Yeah, absolutely. No question whatsoever. She would have died before the tree the same way Bernard predicted. Um, the uh, you already kind of summarized it, but I uh, I quoted the back half of it. But Bernard's um final words effectively to the IT guy before he sends him down to the mines. It it's interesting in terms of the hits that are focusing on curiosity when it comes to it, and the coldness of it too. Of where you know maybe from ten years of hauling iron ore will set you straight. Uh, the, we, we already discussed it in heavy detail, but the back, the back and forth between Bernard and Juliet, which opens with, I want you to know that I take no pleasure from this. And just going into how they're different, that really Bernard is trying to establish, is trying to represent that he has a connection to her, that he has a sympathy for, and trying to just make her understand where he's at least coming from, even in engineering terms at the end. I thought it was a very effective moment between the two with their back and forth. Um... Bernard reciting the words, the words we've heard so often about going out to clean. Very, very, I'm with you, the mayor thing does it better, but still it's powerfully done. Particularly ending with Juliet Nichols, uh, do you have any last words? I'm not afraid. And one you referenced earlier that I just forgot to include, but I want to mention it too, but Juliet, upon seeing the screens, we never had a chance. Bernard just simply saying no. So, this is tough. I'm going to pick... For the episode, we never had a chance. No. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I, the distinction here is that the the line for the season is Juliet Nichols. Have you any last words? I'm not afraid. Because I think within the, the self, like the, the the story of this episode, before you get to like the last four or five minutes, it is a story of Bernard conquering and and. And he wins, right? Like ultimately, he's the he's the victor, and Juliet does feel that despair that she's never had a chance. She was fighting this uphill battle; she never had a chance against this the, the machine. But what's so wonderful is that like Juliet continuing to just be Juliet during all of this, just she, even though she feels like she's not, she's fighting a, a losing battle. She's going to keep swinging, and that's emblematic of her last words: "I'm not afraid." she ends up being finding herself in a position where she's not dead, right? Like she, it, it's not all hopeless that she actually does have a chance, you know, to, to learn something new, maybe stay alive, maybe even reach other people if she can get to some of these other silos. So uh, I think there's a, there's a distinction in that, like self-contained in the episode, Bernard's the big victor into the last few minutes. But when you span out and you look at the whole season, Juliet, just doing Juliet things ends up getting us to a point where there's hope for the future. I'm with you. Good call. All right. Let's talk Silo Citizen of the Week and then Silo Citizen of the Season. Uh, of the Week, walk. walk. Walk has to be the Silo walk, Citizen. Walk for week. taking the walk. I think it has to just get the credit here. 100%. Yeah. Um, any losers this week? Uh, Sims. <laughs> I think Sims has to be, as much as I want to say Knox, I think that that's my, my thing on Knox is my opinion. Mm-hmm. And it's my guess of where this is going to go. I could very well be wrong. I don't know that. Sims, I am almost sure, will never have Bernard's job. <laughs> like, I am pretty darn yep. sure of that one. Yep. It's, not, it's less a guess and more like just calling a spade a spade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, straight there with you on that one. All right. So I think we agree on that. Let's do Silo Citizen of the season. I mean, you got to nominate Juliet. You I got think Juliet. To. You got to nominate Juliet. Juliet. 
Um, I do think I, that there's an argument for George in there somewhere because he's the he's the he's the spark. He's the thing that started this whole thing. I, I will also provide a nominee because the founders have declared that certain values must be represented. That Bernard, from a from the perspective of what he believes is a proper silo citizen, is representing in a way that no one else can. I think you have to put Bernard up there. Um, I think I would I would probably say Juliet and then Bernard is number two. I, I like to put them one and two because they have a they have a, a certain like element of two sides of the same coin in a way that have a lot of similarities, but ultimately have intractable views on the universe. I think that they are going to be the head of their respective armies. Like this is my guess for where the show is going. I don't know. This is my guess, we, and we'll we'll blend right into theory time here. I think that Juliet will find another silo. She'll find other people. Um, she will leverage those other people to also spur some of the people in the existing silo to action. And Juliet will have an army to try to overtake the situation and, and provide a better life for everybody. So you're expecting Juliet to be busting through that iron door wearing war paint come next season? Yeah, I think she's coming through the door in the bottom. Absolutely. With other people from another silo. And she will be explaining, like, let me explain to you how fucked up this whole place is. And that she'll she'll come in to try to liberate. She's, she's the great liberator. And uh, I think Bernard will have his army. And I think that you've got, those are the two heads of the armies. And I absolutely love the trope that this show does. Give it to me in every one of these fucking shows. Which is, the two heads of the army actually sort of like each other. Yeah. And when they end yeah. up when they end up in weird little like unplanned one-on-ones where they're just chatting amongst themselves, they end up being way more friendly than you would ever suspect and way more personal because they actually have a a, like now, a burgeoning respect for each other. Now, if we if, if, if we're going to continue our, tr- our our trend of verses, I think Juliet could take Bernard. You think so? In a one in a one-on-one fist fight, I th- I'm betting on I think I'm betting on Juliet there. Just, just for the sake of that, I think Juliet's forty years younger than than Bernard is. Do you think Ber, Do you think Juliet could take out Knox, or Knox would beat up Juliet? Uh, I mean, just sheer body mass. I think Knox has an advantage there. I'm going to give Juliet the, the nod over Knox. I think she knows his weaknesses. If he's got Maybe. like a bad knee or something, she knows about it. She may have caused it. Yeah, she could have very well. <laughs> That's a great point. Uh, uh, more well, theory about- time. Let's roll. Well, this is more of a question going off your theory. Do you think we will? Do you think there will be a long gap before we see Juliet again, and her return to the series will be her busting through that door, or will you think we will get to spend time in another silo? I I think it. I I strongly believe this, and I know that the the creators of the show listen to us. Of course they do. I strongly believe we have to get her POV. Please don't show me Juliet just showing up in episode five in the door, and I don't know why. Like that. That's not as interesting to me as a storytelling technique. I want her. We, we got, we've had her first person this whole time. We had her first person when she went out. We had her first person when she saw that there's a bunch of other silos. Please start season two, episode one with Juliet coming up to a camera from a different silo and waving and then letting her in. Uh, question then. We now know the world is post-apocalyptic. That the out, the surface of the world was devastated in some shape or form. There's a ruined city in the distance. The and world it's still itself fucked. looked, the world itself looked like it's powdered. Like you know, the, the top surface of the earth is actually like you know, ash from a prior burning. What is killing these damn people so damn fast in a way that is still operating hun- possibly hundreds of years in the future? It's not radiation. I'm it's, scared. It's not post nuclear holocaust. I'm scared you're going to not like the answer. Can, 
you and I are, you know, practically, you know, nuclear engineers. From Pretty what we've much. we've done on a prior podcast. Pretty much. You and I know that radiation, even at its most extreme degree... Days. It's going to be days kind of situation. Yeah. Particularly it, since there's been hundreds of years passing. And, yeah. you know, radioactive half-life is going to be actively decaying that amount of active radiation in the environment. Even if it's like, you know, extreme ice tips that'll hang around for a long damn time. In Chernobyl, a nuclear reactor, the core was exposed and people were within arm's reach of it. And it still took them about 48 hours to die. So this... We will say can't be that. This can't be just a nuclear holocaust and we're seeing like, you know, the radioactive ash remaining a part of the world. You're not going to like the answer. Do, do you have an answer here? Because it's, it's going to have to be bacterial or viral before this make any sense. Right? I don't have an answer, but I don't think what they're going to give us is going to make sense. This is my worry. My worry is that they're going to tell you it's a nuclear holocaust. And we know that that won't kill people that quickly. But I worry that they're going to make it that because it's the most relatable thing to people that they can understand. It, it almost seems like they've, they've set up the visuals of a nuclear holocaust already. It looks like a world that has burned in terms of what is just set out and we're looking for before us. I just don't think I'd find that making the most sense just in terms of what what they've already shown us for how, people, how quickly people are dropping. Unless they're like doubling down on, oh yeah, there was a nuclear holocaust. Also, they, they, they did viral and chemical attacks too. I completely agree with you. And I, I hope that we get a very... Maybe like season three-ish, we get like a very detailed explanation of what it is that actually holds up with the science. That would be fantastic if we get that. Mm-hmm. I worry that they're just going to say, yeah, the, the the lore in this world is that two nations fought and dropped bombs and that's all we ever get. I, I suspect they'll go that route and... We, I'd won't, almost we fu- won't love it. We won't love I won't, it. I won't love it, but I won't hate it. it, it I, I'd hate it all the more if they go heavily into a route of explaining it and that it doesn't make sense rather than they operate under the idea that would make in-universe sense that no one actually knows. And there's no way that these people would know exactly what's going on. Yeah, I, I agree. If they explain it too much, then we run into problems. Like They could have a situation where they're, they're hinting at nuclear war, but they don't explain it because... These people don't know anything what? about nuclear bombs or anything, so the, the explanation from them won't make a lot of sense. And then it could it could work, I guess. Also, I'm not sure of nuclear bomb. It also becomes an order of operations. Do you believe the silos were built in advance of whatever occurred or were built in response to whatever occurred? Because we also still have the theories that we offered about the syndrome. Is that in some way being a leftover product of what was happening on the surface too? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's got to be... It started happening, and and it, people were feeling the effects from it or whatever, and then they went underground, and then the rest of the people who didn't go underground killed themselves. Maybe that's that's I, the that's the easiest explanation. I feel like it it would be, and the fact that all of these are clustered right together it seems like a certain element of like just desperation, where they were trying to protect as many people as fast as they could, just throwing all their resources to fixing something that was coming at them, rather than that this was they were just building bomb shelters kind of thing. <laughs> Hundred percent agree. Um, okay, uh, let's talk about where this goes in season two. What do you want to see? What do you predict is going to happen? Talk me through the first—I don't know—half season plot of season two, and what you want to see. I'm kind of with you that I think that the next season is built on Juliet going into another silo. That she just walks up to the cafeteria and starts waving until they let her in. And I don't know what world occurs from there, but that could be very interesting, just seeing her integrate into a different silo, 
that, you know, even if they intended to have the same culture, there's been maybe hundreds of years separating them. It could go in a completely different direction with those complete rules. Many of these silos may have just straight up collapsed due to rebellion or revolt or whatever else. The world of her moving between silos and seeing what remains of humanity to eventually make it back to her own offers so many potential, so much potential in terms of uh, adding to the world building, adding to the universe in a way that I'm just outright excited for of uh, what's their imagination of what happened in these different isolated little worlds of mankind. Yeah. I, I think that I'm very interested in the background, of course, like that's the catnip for me and the lore, but like, I am, I very dedicated to this concept that like we need the first person of Juliet because she's going to, expand everything for us. She's going to go to another silo. They're going to let her in. She's going to have the conversation about what they know, what they don't know. We'll be able to compare it with what we've heard or what people know of in this silo. That stuff is going to advance the plot so much. I really hope they go that way with the storytelling. Um, the explanation for what happened to this world, uh, I, I worry is going to be a bit of a letdown, but I hope we get a little bit more history from some of the other silos about why these silos were developed, who developed them, you know, was there a plan for them to all be interconnected and actually talk to each other that somehow isn't happening? Um, you know, stuff like that could be really interesting. I also have a, a, just a really nagging thought that the silo that we just saw might be the last one. That, that is something I was kind of having in the back of my head of where, all the rest of them have failed for various other reasons. All the rest of them are just death traps. Like the first one that she explores is because the door's open because they did, someone did desperately open the door to get out and everyone inside died for whatever reason. Yeah, I am, I am worried. And I, I'm sure they could make it work if that's the way the story goes, but like it would be kind of worrisome that maybe there isn't any others. And maybe the revolt is people in the silo pushing to get Juliet back in like raising, raising oh. enough hell with Bernard oh. that he lets her back in. Or, or maybe they can go complete opposite direction of where all the other silos are in communication. And this one's just been isolated because there was a revolt 140 years ago that cut themselves off from the rest of the silo network. Ooh, that would be good. I like that idea. Uh, okay. All right. Well, I've kind of got through basically what I'm, I'm hoping what I'm expecting. What, anything else you want to talk about theory speculations uh, at the end of season one? The world that Juliet returns to, we're all, we're all presuming she's going to return to the silo at some point in the future. How much changed will it be from what she left behind? Will there have already been a revolt? Will Bernard have exe- uh, you know, started wielding even more dictatorial authority? Will things remain in stasis? I gotta feel like it's going to go the trope of all collapsing societies, right? That he starts to try to exert more and more influence. He starts to lock things down more and more, and that just quells more and more curiosity rebellion pushback i'm kind of there with you in terms of what the world she's going to return to is a world that is on the brink itself and she's going to provide the final catalyst to push the all the more over the over the edge yeah she's the spark for sure but i think she's the head of the she's the head of the army she's the she's the figurehead she's the one that um you know when she comes back into the silo if she's able to talk to the people and get a message to them they'll rally behind her i strongly feel that but 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 if she wants better than four to one odds she's gonna have to train because i I don't think she's still gonna get better at odds than that against sims right now do you think she'll have a a, another one-on-one with sims do you think she'll have another interaction because we we both strongly agree she'll have another interaction with bernard i don't know if i think there's going to be increasing tension between sims and her bernard in a way that it'll explode before juliet even gets back i've got a theory 
What is the theory, sir? The you and I are going to have another conversation that Bernard told Sims. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to kill Sims or put him in the mines. Interesting. I think he knows too. He knows too much. He's, he's too unstable. Yep, he's too unstable. He can't. He can no longer trust that Sims will be able to keep his head in these situations. And that's a really important thing for Bernard is to be able to logically think through these things. I think he's. I think he's had enough of Sims. I think we're gonna. We're gonna see him ostracize Sims in some way, and Sims will be. He won't align himself with Juliet, but he will be a thorn in Bernard's side. That'll be curious to see happen. All right. Anything else you what, want to chat about? What What would be your final review of the season? Because I'm I'm curious your thoughts of where. I mean, I, I can start of where. First three or four episodes, I thought the show was fine. I thought it was interesting enough. I thought it was you know fair, fairly well structured, even if there were some you know notable flaws or inconsistencies or things we were almost chuckling or laughing at. But about midway through, the show started to get good, and then it just kept getting better. And so the show and the feelings I have in the show at the end, they're not night and day different from where they started, but they are leagues better than I thought the show was going to get by that point. I'll tell you what I accomplished here. I know you well enough to know that if I tell you, Spencer... I really like this show, but you got to get to episode five before it's good. You're going to go, uh-huh, uh-huh, and then go about your day. You're not <laughs> going to ever watch it uh, yeah. because that type of that type of thing is not like you. You have very limited time uh, to in- ingest these things. And, and me telling you to sit through five episodes before it gets good is never going to work. So I made you do it on the podcast. <laughs> so that way you, you have a fast one because I exactly, I, I feel the same way. I, I don't, I think I even took breaks and watching it between like a couple episodes, like maybe a week or two here or there in the early episodes. But once it got to episode five, six, seven, I was like blowing through these. I love them. And when it got to that, the last episode, when I watched episode 10, that's when I was like really jonesing for somebody else who has seen the show to talk to about it. I, I've, I've kind of considered reading the books. I still might do that at some point, but I was really excited to get to Dragon Con where they actually had a panel about it. I'm like super. I mean, anybody who's been to Dragon Con knows that like if you if you're like I have to get to this one panel that it has to be a super dedicated thing because like you're co- like there's a million things yes. going on and it's very easy to lose track and you have to like trek across town to like find some of these things like not always easy to get to a particular panel, but I made it, I had to get to that panel because I just kind of watched this show by myself, uh, me and my wife. And, and I didn't mm-hmm. have anybody else to chat with about it. But I think it like when you watch episode 10, or at least when I did, I was like, man, this spurs conversation. This is a fun <laughs> show to chat about, but you have to get there. Straight there with you. I, I, I hope the fact that it had a slow build didn't hurt its word of mouth too much. Because I, I look at like the most popular shows on Apple right now, and I haven't ever seen it in the top five. It's been off, been off the air for a little bit of a while, but it's. I hope it's. I hope it's getting the credit it deserves. You got a season two. It's not super popular. I can tell you, of, among our podcasts, it's one of the least listened to podcasts that we, you and I, have done because I don't think it has. A big, I mean, generally, when we're the doing, audience. generally when we're doing television review shows, we have a core group of people who go with us no matter what we're doing. They always follow right. us. And then the additional, the gravy audience is always some uh, relation to the overall popularity of the show that we're reviewing. This show is not super popular. So I, you know, I think it's got to have a real strong season two to get a season three. Uh, but, you know, I say that and this is the fucking network that gave the morning show three seasons. So I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> Who knows what Apple does? Maybe it's maybe them. it's safe, but it's a great point that it's it's not one of the more popular shows we've ever done, and I, I hope that it, it continues to gain an audience. But you know, it's kind of a hard sell for a lot of people. You know, sit mm-hmm. through sit through some episodes that aren't going to wow you to get to some that do. Well, all I can say is from the journey that we have walked, I'm going into season two outright excited to see what they're going next. As am I. Hey, one thing that this episode did do, though, is shut the door on any Holstead and Allison are still alive theories. No, they, they, <laughs> they, they, are, they, they are stone cold, rotting dead. Dead, dead. Very, very dead. We will not see them again in season two. Okay, Spencer, as always, just an absolute joy going through a television show with you. Thank you for doing it with me. Thanks, Mm -hmm. everybody, for listening. We will be back with you at some point on this podcast feed to explain to you what we're doing next. I think Spencer and I are going to take a little bit of a break, but we'll be back at some point to review something. And when we do, we will let you know. You can always... Follow us on social too to figure out exactly what's going on with the Mangum Talks Podcast Network. You can go to Facebook.com slash Mangum Talks or you can follow us on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, um, at Mangum Talks. Uh, and you can also check out our stuff, a comprehensive list of all of the shows we've ever done, all the pods we've ever done, and all the episodes on MangumTalks.com. It's www.mangumtalks.com. You can check us out. Uh, thanks everybody for listening, and we'll be back with you at some point with more content. See you then.